Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the first thing about men's footy on Plan Radio this year. Uh, which is very odd, and I feel weird preparing for this one because I don't feel like I'm as across it as I am AFLW, so it's very confusing to me. But this is the play on preview of AFLM season 2020. I am John Bassiani, and I'm not used to having people in the studio with me this year. <laughs> but I'm joined by resident Carlton fan, expert. Experts, a, uh, a strong word. I mean, you know more about Carlton than I do, I think. Okay, I'll I'll put that badge on until someone takes it off me. You're currently wearing. <laughs> this is Jason, by the way. Hello, everyone. Um, he's currently wearing a t-shirt that has a picture of Eddie Betts in a Carlton Guernsey coming, getting off in a helicopter, and uh, it says, "Tell the Blues I'm coming home." And I'm a huge fan of this t-shirt. It's, I don't wear white often. Yeah. And uh, but this shirt's great, and I. I'm wearing it today partially because I knew Gemma would appreciate it, partially because I'm not going to come in contact with things that'll get it dirty. <laughs> so, I even want that T-shirt. I, I was saying before that I wish I was wearing my Alex Sexton T-shirt so that we could kind of match. Um, but I may, maybe I'll change in one of our breaks and put it on. Shout out to the Carlton Draft for making some very humorous T-shirts and I content. I want more swan stuff, though. Well, There's not enough. Maybe because well, the swans aren't very funny. It's, <laughs> yeah, maybe, I don't know. Sam Naismith is pretty funny. You can definitely, we can workshop that later on. We can just do a whole separate episode on ideas, AFL puns and AFL content. Yeah. Maybe that's an idea for another show. Anyway. Carlton Draft, come and guest. Come and say good day. Um, but but we... yes, after our mammoth pre-season 2019 um, yeah. <laughs> preview. We're uh, we're back again, and we've uh, fine tuned the format a little. So well, I don't think we've so much fine tuned it as we have uh, just we're going to time each club this time, so we don't go on too many tangents. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna yeah we're gonna keep everyone to five minutes at mi- the most, except for four teams, which we're allowing ourselves seven minutes. <laughs> So that's where we're at. Um, so what we're going to do is go through every single team, uh, choose, we've each got a player to watch out for, a player to fall out of favour, um, where we think they're going to finish on the ladder, roughly. I've given general area. You probably have been more specific. 
Yeah, I've yeah. I've created the my ladder and I changed it about three times and even now I'm sitting here thinking, uh, you know, the more every time you read another article or you hear another interview or you have another conversation, I second guess it. So no, I've <laughs> I've created a ladder and then out of that ladder I've created a final series and I've created a grand final. That's I haven't picked right. a grand final yes. winner, but um, I think some friends of the show will really enjoy it and some friends of the show will probably not enjoy it very much. Oh, but we'll um, get to that later on. I'm thinking Sean might be the person enjoying it. We'll get there when we'll we get, get there. there. Um, yeah, so we're doing that. I like for the AFLW preview, I've chosen a range of four spots that a team could finish. So I'm uh, safe safe betting more than anything. Yep. Um, game to look forward to for each team, a predicted headline I'm going to do. And you're doing a headline you won't see. You won't see. I always enjoy that when you see, you know, things like that in, in different media outlets and I threw my hand at it this time. And, <laughs> you know. I've been much more serious with it though. Um, as we know, I like to be serious. <laughs> you like to be funny. And then for just the overarching year, we've got three predictions for the season each. A team you're most excited to watch um, outside of your own team. Yep. Uh, Rising star and a Brownlow winner. So... We're going to kick it off with Adelaide, and I'm going to start this little timer going. All right. Let's Do we have to sing that the Crows song? No, please All right. don't. All right. That would hurt me. <laughs> Just like singing any song would hurt me. Anyway, let's start this timer. Adelaide Crows, who is your player to watch out for? Player to watch out for from the Adelaide Crows. Um, I had him on my list last year, but he didn't really... Um, get much of a go last year. He had an injury, Dodie, we, yep. we were talking about last year. Um, he, yeah, it just wasn't, um, you know, injuries and whatnot weren't weren't favourable to him last year, but we were really excited. I, know, I was excited to see what he had in store. So with all the player movement that Adelaide have had too, which has been quite significant mm. um, between retirements and delistings and trades, it's... They've had a fair bit of experience. Huge amount. leave, yeah. Um, and I should have put down the exact number of games that they've lost in comparison. But um, you know, Eddie Betts, Josh Jenkins, Andy Odden, Hugh Greenwood, Camellus Yeoman—their um, names that have been regular. Alex Keith. Yes, Alex Keith was so his bottom on the list. I was ready <laughs> top to bottom. Um, they're all, all names that have been. Solid game getters for Adelaide, yeah. Slash superstars, yeah. Um, and any team losing that amount, even though they've brought in a few, it, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle, yeah. And um, I'm really, am I sad about that? I don't think so. <laughs> um, is my um, girlfriend sad about that? Absolutely not. Melbourne, uh, Port Adelaide, to you is what Melbourne is to me, right? So you, on principle, has become, don't like Adelaide. Has become that way, but also I had a strong negative feeling towards Adelaide before I uh, started dating my lovely girlfriend, Lisa. So We love Lisa. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love Lisa. You love Lisa. You, you do I, I, have, well. I have impartial feelings. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, um, and she's going to probably turn it off about now. But, <laughs> no, I had a few teams that I strongly disliked um, and Adelaide is one of them. So, mm. you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend and that's kind of why my girlfriend and I... That's together. worked out well. When um, we went to the... I know I'm going off on a tangent. We said we wouldn't, but the Port Adelaide we're running out of time here. Carlton Jason. game. I had a Carlton scarf and, and Port Adelaide 
plays the settings. Enemy of the enemy is your friend. So, anyway, we're talking about Adelaide. <laughs> um, um, my play to watch is Darcy Fogarty. I think that he this this will be a year for him to really take charge of that forward line. He didn't get a lot of opportunities last year and Jenkins was in the side a lot and I yep. was kind of questioning that. I think with a new coach, kind of change of personnel, all that sort of stuff, I think he's really going to get a good shot at it and he's going to really stand up as a really important target for yep. them. And he can kick him from outside 50. He's really dangerous inside 50 as well. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think our falling out of favour player slash player under pressure is the same person. Oh, Taylor Walker. Yes, Taylor yeah. Walker. <laughs> It's from the from the review and all that. He's even though he's not captain this year, um, he is still obviously a significant part of the you know the core of the team. Mm. And that if they've got rid of the coach, they've adjusted leadership team and and all these other things they've done. They've got the guys in. I think Jason Dunstall and was it Pav- it wasn't Pavlich. It was um, I've forgotten the other name of the person who was doing the review. Mm. If Taylor Walker doesn't lead and doesn't lead on the field and also off the field, then he's probably the next part that should go to to, to help this... Uh, Young you group know. come through. Yeah. yeah. I think he's just also just been falling backwards for a couple of years and yeah. with the weight of the captaincy off his shoulders, he kind of has no excuses anymore yep. to not perform and purely based on on-field performance, he needs to have a big year or yep. it, he might be in trouble. Um, also, I've got Bryce Gibbs as well, who was yeah. much like Eddie Betts was in and out of the senior team last year. Um, there's a few rumours swirling out about Bryce Gibbs, which I won't go into because it's all speculation, but um, it's sad that he's in a spot that, you know, he was having a fairly solid run at Carlton yeah. and could have been a really solid part of the leadership team now if he'd stayed. He obviously didn't, but I hope he can get his shit together this year Yeah, because I've always liked Always yeah. liked him, and, and he's it looks like he's going to be playing more of that half back role this year than yeah. in the midfield, which is interesting. Um, where do you think they're going to finish? I've got them as twelfth. I have them fourteen to eighteen. I, which is dramatic, I know. I actually maybe I haven't. No, I I stand corrected. I have them as eighteenth. Oh really? So I um I had changed it and it haven't updated on my um my spreadsheet, but I've got my actual overall list. I've got Adelaide as as um. 18. Finishing bottom, part bottom, partially because of my appreciation for them or lack of, but also teams in that much movement and change and fluidity. I think they'll show enough that the fans won't be like calling for heads, yeah. but their fans will be disappointed, but they will see where the 20... 20 onwards crows will Yeah, go. where they're looking. Yeah. So we've just passed five minutes. So let's very quickly, game to look forward to. Got to always say the showdown. Yeah. Um, and also then versus Carlton, Eddie Betts back. Um, yeah, true. Yeah, that's um, also. I've got them round seven against Gold Coast at Metricon. I think we're going to see the Suns go past them this year. 100%. And this game will be a big momentum swing between the two teams. There's a few games that I've noted like that where we'll see teams who were sitting roughly at the same point in 2019, but with different trajectories and yeah. to, to kind of cross to see how well or how badly both are doing. Yeah. yeah. And then your headline you won't see? This is a bit niche, um, <laughs> but the headline you won't see is that uh, crows bring out the tarps. <laughs> you know, early days of Port Adelaide when they were developing, they'd bring out Port Adelaide tarps to cover certain sections of the yeah. of the crowd and Adelaide fans always give them shit for it. So, um, yeah, the crows bring out the tarps. Um, mine is Fogarty leads a young group of crows. I think Fogarty's going to step up and be that crucial forward leader for them if 
Even though he's only in his third season. Yeah. Yeah. So I also wanted to add, I missed one little bit, I know over time, but um, the games to look forward to as well. They go, port, uh, round two is Port, round three is Brisbane, round four is Richmond. Oh, um, Jesus. And they play, I think I played Sydney round one. And no, they go, we, oh yeah, Adelaide, yeah. Yeah, and then they go Essendon, and Saints and Suns. So they could very easily be one and six without... You know, could go either way against Sydney, could go either way against Essendon. No, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, your, your face is very funny, but, you know, it could, it, I'm saying it could be easily one and six with a couple of those really strong teams and teams like the Saints and the Suns who are going to be on the up. Yeah. Um, they, they're in for a rough start. Very rough start, yeah. yeah. All right, so that was nearly seven minutes, so I'm scared about when we get to Carlton. That's okay. We've also, like, said some of the things for Adelaide that, you know, yeah. we just go back the other way. We've already talked about it. Let's go to the Brisbane Lions. Who's uh, I'm going to start this one off. Great player to watch out for. I think Daniel Rich is a really interesting mm-hmm. one, um, and it could go either way with him this year. He had probably his best year for five or six years last year. Yep, um, coming off that halfback line, kind of directing the pattern of play and ball movement for them. But he had Luke Hodge there to help him on that halfback line. Without I was going Hodge to bring there. up Luke Hodge, and, and this exact thing you're probably going to say is his experience and his wisdom. Mm. Daniel and Rich needs to stand up in that leadership role. And I think with the year that he had with Hodge last year and how impressive they were together, he needs to carry that on going forward. And whether Grant Birchall plays or whoever, who is an experienced half back or defender to help him comes into the side or not, it's got to be on Daniel Rich to be that person to lead that defence. Yep. And, and when I say lead that defence, I more mean coming out of 50 and directing play um, like Hodge was doing. So I think Daniel Rich needs to do that. If he can do that, he's going to have an amazing year and it's going to be crucial to Brisbane's success. Mm. Um, player to fall out of favour, though, I've got Archie Smith. I don't know much about Archie Smith. So I know he was delisted and then re-rookied. Yeah. Or, well, you know, re-rookied, maybe not delisted, but he was, he was brought back in um, in yeah. the rookie draft. But... He had a couple of opportunities last year to really, like with Stefan Martin injured or some some stuff going on, he had opportunities to really grasp a spot in the side. He's very athletic, all that sort of stuff. But he just wasn't able to do it and then didn't play the rest of the year um, in the Mm. senior side. I think this year it's either make or break for him. He needs to show that when he's given an opportunity, he can take it. If not, I think Brisbane will start to look elsewhere for... Um, yep. They're like next young rock coming through Because I know Oscar McInerney there is doing a bit of that There's a few people that can um, So I don't know how much longer they're going to persist with Archie Smith If he doesn't take this year to really yeah. make his mark It's The team's overall fairly fairly young Like they've got yeah. um, The average age is about 23 and a half Which is so years. young One of the, you know And they've averages 50 games Which again is one of the, low, one of the lowest average in um, just overall, yeah. and obviously last year was almost, I don't want to say it was an anomaly because they got there and they did great and they played great football, yeah. but it's, um, I, I think that they will not finish as high as last year, but it won't, it's not going to be a drop like out of the finals or it's going to be yeah. only a couple of games difference, which, yeah. you know. Which um, is tight. Which is tight. Well, going into that, where do you think they're going to finish? I've got them finishing fifth. I have them three to five. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, you know, I think there are parts of their game where other clubs have kind of like, okay, we can see, um, you look at the first half, it's a practice match, so what does it mean? But 
Carlton start against Brisbane in um, the Marsh 2 was a solid start. Obviously, the second half was very different and it's why Brisbane are in the top of the ladder and Carlton are at the bottom <laughs> after that performance. But um, there are aspects where I think that their younger players and now have that extra year and, and the confidence and, mm. you know, and you look at the players like Robbo who've been around for a while. Obviously, they've lost Hodge. Um, you look at... Uh, not McCluggage, what's the Ford who's looks like a giraffe? Um, <laughs> uh, you know who I'm talking about, though. But you kind of see he's <laughs> filled, like filled out a bit more. So I think that they'll be more consistent. But to say more consistent from a team that finished second is, um, is, is kind of hard to say. But um, <laughs> the games I'm looking forward to seeing is um, versus Geelong. Um, last year's win over them was their first since Miracle on Grass. It was yeah. one, one point. So, again, Geelong are a perennial deep finals team and cons- very consistent. So to see how Brisbane have tracked, I think it's later in the year to that game off the top of my head. Yeah. And then also, um, sorry about that. That was um, Jason's phone, just so everyone knows it wasn't Well, it was mine. my laptop that got excited. It wasn't mine. Uh, versus Gold Coast. We expect, I expect Gold Coast to do better this year, so maybe mm. they will challenge in the Q Clash. Um, and then also Collingwood as well. As uh, you know, Last year they sold out the Gabba with that Collingwood. Even though it was so one-sided in the end, the Collingwood yeah. run them down. The flip of that is going to be great to see. I've got round 20 against the Giants. Um, we do have to wait a few months for this one, but mm. when the Lions come up against the Giants, who are a team that the Lions really should have beaten in that semi last year, I think they're going to hit them really hard. Yeah. And the Giants are looking like a pretty solid team, so I think it'll be a really good match. I know it's so far in the future, like anything could happen, yeah. but um, after that semi-final loss that they should have won, that I yeah. think will be interesting. Brisbane, as of yesterday, have no injuries to note, so which is <laughs> Same scary. Same as last year, yeah. It's scary. And, you know, they lost a few, they brought in a few. It's I don't The players that they have... Like, yeah, I think it's pretty going to be a pretty consistent year for Brisbane. My, What's your headline we won't see? Uh, Gabatoire deemed vegan-friendly in 2020. <laughs> um, yeah, no no murders. So I think Brisbane will, like... I, no murders. <laughs> but, I, I, that's, again, that's why it's something you don't see. I think yeah. that they will, um, they will really, much like Geelong have, they will continue to strengthen that home ground advantage. Yeah. Mine is a predicted headline. Lions not the team to drop. A lot of people are like, oh, someone always drops out of the top four um, out of finals. Who's it going to be? Oh, we assume it's going to be Brisbane. I don't think it's going to be Brisbane. No. Um, all right. We went over for that one That's again. All right. But let's start again. So we're up to the Blues. <laughs> so I'll let you take the lead here, even though I do have choices for these. Um, I'm, I'm going to go through very quickly. Yep. Um, me, three weeks ago, was very excited, was very bullish, was very like, it's going to like, it's not our year, but it is, it is our year of redemption. Yeah. Sitting here now with seven <laughs> days to go, um, looking at our forward line, our back line solid, our midfield is really developing and will take a few weeks. Forward line, I'm a little bit less confident and I am not, I'm expecting much less now than what I was, just from seeing some of the pre-season match, knowing that there was um, people you know, giving game time to certain players and whatever, uh, knowing that we've got a few solid names, like our forward line's pretty injured at the moment. Yeah. 
um, and that hurts me to, to go on with. So um, I'm so excited to have Sam Doherty back. Mm. Um, him and Cripps are like a opposites in personalities and in like, two years of coaching, Sam Doherty will set him up great yeah. and Cripps is a leader. Um, I expect him to sit about the same as last year. Yeah. Uh, I'd love for them to be – hope kills me. Like the fact that I got hope at the end of last year and now I'm, I'm – that that hurts. Not that I feel betrayed by them, but I, I hated watching the football twins of last year because I'm like, we can win this. And then like watching the games with that in mind hurts me more than when we surprise win. But yeah. that's a me thing, not a club thing. Uh, what did you have them as? What's your um, play to watch? I've got Michael Gibbons. Oh, I love. Oh, I, I think love him. I sat next played... to him on the plane and didn't know it was him <laughs> on the way back from Perth after that win against Frio. It wasn't until we got to the carousel, like it is actually Gibbo. <laughs> He's um, not an AFL footballer. Like if you hear him talk or you like it's a VFL. Sit, <laughs> he's he's a, he's a he is the country footballer kind of guy. You look at him the way he dresses and the way he kind of hangs out, yeah, um, and talks. He talks faster than me. He's not like AFL born and bred, no, which is so great, well, so refreshing. I think that um, he may not get as many games this year as what he did last year with Eddie Betts and Jack Martin into the side, but I think that he will develop and become a better player this year yep. for them being there. So I think when he does get games, he's going to be great to watch this year. So that's why yep. he's my player to watch, even though he may not be the star of the team or anything. He's going he to be will important. be. He will take the fan role that what Daisy had. Yeah. He will be that like character, and now he's got a year under his belt and the confidence, and he's played consistently. He's yeah. played some some, and it, some of his work is just like you can see him being a player that. Eddie would be like, oh, I can teach him a few more tricks. Yeah. They're going to push him more into the midfield, which is where his VFL spot was and where he won all of the like the accolades. Yeah. Which is great to be able to have that person to chop and change out with some of the younger midfielders we have. But, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. I've got Jack Martin. His start to the se- – his pre-season and, and, and practice matches and, and I went to a training end of last year listening – like obviously consuming all of the your team's media that you do – has been universally, like, much like Sam Walsh came in and pushed standards up and, like, he's now obviously now the leadership team, which yeah. is crazy. In his second year. Second year, but pushing the standard like, everyone to be better mm. because he wants to be better. Jack Martin's much similar. He's like, all right, I'm here. This is, this is like, this is my crack at the big time. Not that yeah. Gold Coast isn't a real AFL team, but you're gonna, he's going to play against his biggest crowd in round one. Yeah. You know, all going well. Well, well, no, I mean, like, no crowd. No, <laughs> but which would be really interesting. Anyway, uh, you want to buy my round one ticket? I really don't. <laughs> um, it's members. You have to wear a no, collar, but I'm good. Um, I think that, yeah, the he will thrive in that environment. I think some players, you know, I hate to say Tom Lynch, but have thriven, have thriven. thrived in Richmond's environment. And I think Jack, Jack Martin will be. Um, Will be like that. Jason just invented a word I like. Thriven. Um, who who have you got falling out of favour? Which I know is a hard one when you talk about your own team. Yeah, I I think Lang, Darcy Lang, has moments. <laughs> I forget that he's even on the list. He's yeah, like he does stuff and then he's a spud. <laughs> so I think with with the players that Carlton's brought in, with you guys like um, Paddy Dow, who I think I'm excited for. Once needs he gets, to fix his kicking. Needs to fix his kicking, but kicking is something you can learn. The 
getting out of the pack and getting on the break and getting in the position, which I think a lot of what he has is, you know, when he gets on the burst and then he's got to kick it, that's a teachable thing, not yeah. so much the positioning. Yeah. There's a bit more instinctual stuff. And you look at his move against Gold Coast, there was a couple of moves against, um, I think it was on the weekend, and one he got caught just, and one he made it out, but then, like you said, his kicking let him down a little. Um, and Harry, Mac- Harry Mackay as well. Really? He talks a big game. He just needs to be fit. He needs when to be he fit. plays, he performs. He's he's going to miss the first few weeks. So this is, is Charlie Kerno, right? So is Charlie Kerno. Um, McGovern's underdone. He's had time, but he's not. This is where my like negative feelings towards the start of the season are coming from. Like they're three key forwards. Well, well, admittedly, they haven't got their team their synergy sorted between the three of them on the park at the same time because I think it's only happened once or twice. Yeah, because Kerno hasn't played many. Kerno and Mackay. So, and they're, they're all bigger guys too, so getting your bodies into that good spot. Um, yeah. So uh, if he just doesn't – if he doesn't kind of get his act together, fans are kind of – Kerno I think has got more in the bank mm. with, with fans and with, you know, they've seen what he can do. I, I don't know. I think Harry Mackay did a lot last year to get that as well. I just think Kerno's got a few more in the bank than Mackay. He's more if, of a cult figure. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I also forgot to add Tom DeConing to watch out for. Like You love him, I right? love him, and to see him play some minutes, take some leaps, like to, he'll be able to chop out, in, particularly now as out. With Phillips gone. Phillips gone, but also, oh, Pitane's had an all right start. Yeah. But chopping out with Cruz and then being, going, being a tall on the forward line and having the leaps... We've now got the small forwards that a guy like TDK can leap, yeah, knock it down to the fore. Anyway, yeah, um, I had Matthew Kennedy. I think, yeah, uh, too many mids have gone past him. Yep, and he hasn't really shown that he's the guy over countless others that are in the team. Simple mm. as that. Um, expected finish. Yeah, fifteenth. I had fifteenth. I've got eight to twelve. I would like that. That was my initial thing. But then as I'm putting all the teams together, I kind of felt... Yeah, so full disclosure, I haven't, like, tried to put a ladder together. I've just said yeah. this is a general range. I think they'll finish. As I started to do that, I kind of had to put myself below some of the teams, yeah. Um, so, game to look forward to? Uh, we're running out of time. Well, we're already over already time. Already over time. Yeah. All right. Uh, round one versus Richmond, obvious. Obvious. Great start of the season. Um, we play Port Adelaide in Port Adelaide for their 150th celebration game. That's cool. Um, which is great for Lisa and I. We'll head over for that. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully we can get the upset win and kind of annoy the Port Adelaide fans. But if not, it's their day. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, versus Adelaide. Uh, and then also versus Gold Coast. Versus Gold Coast because seeing where each team is at. Yeah. I feel like Gold Coast, they just beat us last year and I've still got... I had the best time. <laughs> but... To see where the teams are stacking in that yeah. point. Yeah. I've got round three against Essendon at the MCG because I think the Blues have all the assets to shut down Essendon. Yep. And I would be really interested to see how they play them. And when we played them in the middle of last year and we kicked four goals for the game and mm. it was one of the saddest games of football I've been to um, and we sacked Bolton after that. Yeah. That's like redemption for that embarrassment's important. Yeah. Um, and your headline you won't see... <laughs> uh, Teague train rolls into September station. <laughs> I well, mine is a predicted headline. And it's not mathematically impossible for Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see that in round four. It's not 
<laughs> that's when that'll come. All right. We went way over time there, but let's keep going. Uh, some of these teams coming up, we're going to be listeners. <laughs> we're doing all right. The fact that we're, like, churning through it. Yeah. Is... Let's move to Collingwood. Who is your player to watch? Uh, I'm a big fan of Darcy Moore. Yes. Um, With his now brown hair. Now brown hair. I don't like that so much. I want to – I like – I need – I joked last year, it might have been, it could have been with you, it could have been right at the start of the season about players are wearing bright boots, why don't they like wear bright hair? And then Darcy Moore has the blonde, um, who was the player from Essendon, who, a couple of players from Essendon. Fantasia and Guelphie? They, they, I love Guelphie. Well, it was right hair. before Guelphie did it, and like, you stand out that. Anyway, I like Darcy Moore. Watching him at Icon Park in the like, just the, the kick around match they had with um, Carlton. Started like before the preseason. At one point, him and Eddie Betts lined up on each other. It was very cute. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't even recognise him at the Origin game. Yeah, I was like, "Who is that?" Yeah, I, I've got a lot of time for him, and I think he, in like a similar like to Liam Jones, um, plays that goalkeeper role. Yeah. yeah, and able to kind of direct it, and you can see how deep he starts. But you know, I think he's. Um, He'll be a real solid of Collingwood's defence, kind of directing that over Um, as he gets more and more um, experience. I had Jack Crisp. I think he had a really good 2019 across that half-back line, and he went quite underrated for his efforts. So I think people are going to notice his influence more this year um, and start to really like give him the credit he deserves for what he actually does. Him and Maynard, I think, are the two that have a huge influence on the way Collingwood play their footy but don't really get mentioned all that often. Um, And then I know we both had trouble with a player falling out of favour or under pressure for them, but I've actually chosen Matthew Scharenberg. Yep. He's been under a bit of pressure with people like Moore moving into the back line having an impact. He hasn't quite, like with his body not being right and other people yeah. coming into that back line. Missing I think that 2018 yeah. grand final because of injury and could have really had an impact in that moment Yeah, we've, we've spoken about before. Like. Yeah, so I think if he can't get some consistency, he might be under... Mm. But that being said, like I don't think it's like other clubs where it's like I would be surprised if they were on the list next year type thing. Like yeah. I think it's just he, he's probably the closest to being in that problem area. Yeah. Collingwood, particularly with their late finish to the season, they've got some really big names who are injured too. Yeah. Um, you know, Travis Varco's out for another five or six weeks. Trelaw. Um, Taylor Adams has hurt himself as well again. Taylor Adams' it? hip, he's, who knows? Dane Beams obviously has been well spoken about and taking some time out. Lyndon Dunn, Levi Greenwood. Like, all these players um, are multiple-week injuries. They're mm-hmm. not. I don't think they're really going to see the strong Collingwood till mid-season. Yeah. Because it's not like they're, you know, second-tier players. There's some names there that they're are really important, yeah. important role figures. Yeah. Um, um, where do you think they're going to finish? I've got second in the end. Wow. I think that they will start off a little slow. It doesn't mean they're going to lose games, but I think they'll start off slow. But then their second half of the season, should those injuries subside, will really strengthen as the year goes on. Like, I think... Yeah, I, I, as much as it hurts to say because it's Collingwood, but yeah, I think that they're. Um... I have them six to ten purely because I think they're going to struggle in the first half of the season, mm-hmm. and they don't have the easiest run in the first half before the bye either. Um, and I, I, my that this is based on yeah. my predictions of how other teams are going to go as well. So they've got Richmond in round two, Brisbane in round four. They're kind of like they've got Melbourne. 
um, who I think are going to do well. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. They've got a few things. I just think they might struggle and they might lose a couple that they should win. Yeah. Purely because of that structural, those structural issues early in the season. When you sort of get to mid-year, they've got Giants in round eight, then yeah. Carlton, which could go horribly one-sided. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eagles in round 11, then Melbourne before the bye. Yeah. So they've got some, a couple of hard games, but it's like, it's pretty, judging from last year's form, yeah. it's kind of goes like a harder game, softer game, harder game, softer game. So um, we'll, see. Uh, we'll see. Which game have you got to look forward to? Uh, Collingwood Richmond, because it's a, it's a given. Um, round two, round 22 versus the Eagles. Yeah. Um, right at the end of the season, that'll really set the tone for the finals because mm. I think Eagles going to be, again, very strong this year. Um, I think they're the two. I've got round two against Richmond. Um, yeah. There was a lot of chatter after the grand final last year that, oh, if Collingwood had made it through, it would have been a better game, blah, blah, blah. This is kind of like an opportunity for people to see. I know teams are very different now, but like what could have been almost. Yep. And it's at the MCG, so all of that kind of jazz as well. Um, and your predicted or your... What's your headline? The headline you won't see? Uh, the, the title is They Had Buckley's Chance. Uh, Collingwood comes back from five goals down at three-quarter time <laughs> to win the grand final or comes from five goals down to win the grand final. Um, mine? <laughs> I was listening to an interview with Buckley a couple of days ago and, like, his bad luck, quote-unquote, yeah. is incredible. The more I hear it, it's like I kind of want them to cut him a break, but I don't want them to cut Collingwood a break. I love Nathan Buckley. Um, my predicted headline is, and this is going out on a limb here, this right. is one that I may write, and that will how, is how it's <laughs> going to be a predicted headline, um, is Brody Grundy the best player in the game? Yeah, I fully mm. believe that he is, but that's a conversation for another that's time. That's another time. We're already over time here. All right. <laughs> Let's move along to the Bombers. I'll, I'll kick this one off. My player to watch out for is Andy McGrath. I think he's going to have a huge step up this year, spending more time on the ball, and his kicking efficiency is going to be so crucial to Essendon's game style. Yeah. And they're going to be really reliant on that from him because we know Essendon's midfield, as much as they're good ball winners, their use of the ball out of those clearances isn't always great. Yeah. So that's why he'll be so important. I'm, uh, I'm, it's only a relatively new signing, but... If Tom Hurd gets a game this year. <laughs> literally like a week ago. Literally a week ago. He's a Category B rookie. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, it'll be very interesting how that looks for Essendon fans. For Like, just that, obviously, the name Hurd has got so much positive and negative connotations at the Conflicting, same time. Conflicting, yeah. Um, so it was very interesting to see him get that call up, get the side. So, uh, Who's your player falling <clears throat> out, though? Or under pressure. Um, and I know you're going to love this. I feel like... I feel like we may have chosen the same person. I feel like Danaher and Fantasy will go in the next 12 to 18 months. Like, they'll both go. Because and you can kind of look at a, a bunch of um, players where they'll put the the feelers out beforehand so there's no... So when it actually happens, it's not the shock of, oh, they've just left. It's almost like playing a... A, a card to go test the waters. The um, the outrage comes and goes, mm. and then so when it comes back around end of the year, it can happen with a reasonable. Whereas if it, if, if he'd gone, it would have been a whole. I, I think that there's like 
they'll probably both go either at the end of this year or, or well, yeah. I, I think, and this is going to sound insulting when I don't mean it the way that maybe it will come across, but I think Essendon maybe have the most irrational fan base <laughs> and I very much experienced that at the end of last year. Um, my player under pressure is also Joe Danaher and I think I chose him last year as well. Yeah, but you got strong this feelings year, towards Danaher. I do. This year, I think he goes into the season under a lot of pressure through very little fault of his own. Yep, I think that's true. the way it was all handled by Essendon was very poor, which put even more pressure on him. Mm. The way Essendon have managed his injuries have been on Essendon, but it's reflected on him. Yep. And I think he gets a lot of flack for things that aren't necessarily his fault. And I think because of all the trade stuff last year, fans are going to have a very short temper with him. And if he can't get on the yeah. park or perform, fans are going to turn on him very, very quickly. Yep. And that is the only reason I'm choosing And him. it's going to make it easier for him to leave yep. then, which I think is that car that, um, while no examples come straight to mind, but you, you, you see it, it has happened before. Like Eddie Betts at the end of 20... Was it Eddie Betts? No. Who so Aiden, oh, Bryce Gibbs. Bryce Gibbs. That was who. Sorry, that was who I was thinking. You play that card. Oh no, I'll stay. Look like the good guy, and then at the end of that, people are like you played and you did okay, and so we're not so sad. Tim Kelly you, as you know. well. Tim yeah. Kelly. That's you know there yeah. are there are examples where card was played. The outrage happened. They're like the fans have twelve months to kind of resolve the fact that okay, when it goes, go with our blessing now rather yeah. than like. I don't know if Essendon will say with their blessing, but I think they'll dislike him enough to want him gone, I guess. Um, um, who's your player to watch? Oh, we've talked about that. Um, games uh, to look expected to. finish for you? I've got 13th. I don't think that they will. I have 9 to 12, so we're about the about same. About the same. Yeah, I don't think they're making finals. Game to look forward to. I've got against Frio in round one because Essendon were abysmal in round one last year. Yeah. They got absolutely smashed I off the that. park. Um, so I'm curious to see how they look to start 2020. The, um, I've got – we play them, Carlton play us in, in, in round three. Yeah. And play you guys in round two in Sydney. But round three, um, I mentioned that before when I was talking about Carlton about the redemption game, but also to see where teams are tracking at yep. compared to that. Um, but then you've got your usual games, like your Anzac Day, which is, mm. stands out every year. Um, but I think um, they also play Brisbane in the last round, so they could get like <laughs> – Smashed. They could get smashed – or, like, again, those last round games, it's so hard to predict, but it really sets the tone for the finals yeah. um, and going into that. What's your headline you won't see? Uh, my headline won't see is back to zero. Essendon wins first final in 5,800 days. <laughs> that Twitter account's so glorious. That absolutely won't and it's happen. it's spurned so many other variations. <laughs> but We're bad at keeping the time, um, but we're close here. My predicted headline is Bombers only run one way. They're quick, yeah. they run in attack, but I don't know how well they run in defence. And they've got a few, like, look, injuries are, are yeah. Um. I, no, but, but I don't have excuse. Like, injuries for them I don't think is an excuse anymore because they have players, they've recruited players and um, developed players who want the ball in their hand, they want the glory, but they don't want to do the work in defence to back it up. Yep. And that is their issue that they've created and that is an issue that they're going to have to fight for the next 10 years because those players are there. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Anyway, we've run out of time. <laughs> for Essendon. See you, Essendon. Let's go to Frio and then we'll take a short Frio. break. Frio. 
Way to go. I love Fremantle. We know this, particularly in the AFLW. But This uh, is a whole different league, Gemma. I know, but I still do love free on the men's as well. You know this. My, uh, Not as much, though. My lovely girlfriend, Lisa, referred to Fremantle as a PRR, the post-Ross rebuild. <laughs> and she's like, Jason, you should write that down. I'm like, Lisa, I already have. So <laughs> I'm sharing that with the world that uh, my girlfriend, who's an under... Uh, doesn't undervalued. She's got some quality thoughts on the game, and so I'm gonna. Yeah, I like chatting to her. Um, for her, for, for me in AFLW, Frio are my second team and Gold Coast are my third. But mm. in AFLM, Frio are my fourth team and Gold Coast are my third. Does that make sense? Yep. They switch. But anyway, um, that doesn't matter. My player to watch is Alex Pierce. If he can get continuity in his body and not face too many injuries this year, I think he's going to be all Australian. Mm -hmm. And my player falling out of favour or under pressure is the same as last year. It's Cam McCarthy. He started last year with an absolute bang. He He had five goals. Because we we were saying the same thing last year about, oh, Cam McCarthy, maybe, maybe not. And then he got off to a great start. And I was like, well, Jason's wrong again. And um, (laughs) Then he just faded away. He had a couple of good games. And he had some time in in the waffle as well from memory. Yeah. So if he can't find consistency in how he can impact them this season, I don't think he remains on the list that much longer because he's just taking up space effectively. Like you can't – in a team like Frio, you can't have a player that might only fire a shot every five games. They need consistency from their players. He's not giving it to them. If he can't do that this year, I don't know how much longer he lasts. I had – I'm I'm excited. I know it may not be early days too, but Frio's spot, they might put some new players in, some of the fresh – Draftees, but I know Carlton were very keen on the Caleb Sarong, and I was kind of watching yes. him closely. So and Sydney were as well. So, yeah, so I think we had the the one after them, and I remember just being like, "Damn, they took mm-hmm. Caleb Sarong." So um, kind of keen to see him get a game. May not be till later in the year, or yeah. who knows? Like with a new coach, you never know what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. It's who knows? It'll who be knows cool what's though. Going on. Um, game or oh, expected finish? I've got twelfth. I've got 10 to 13. Yeah, so we're pretty on, to it, on parallel this year. Yeah, we had except a... for, um, who was it? You, Collingwood. Yeah. yeah. And, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll go back through the ladder. But, um, yeah, I'd, you know, again, Fremantle's a team, being the expansion teams that I don't have a strong negative or positive feeling towards. Like, I don't dislike them by any means. But um, I would actually be happy to see them do well. Um, now that Ross is gone. That, I know so many people, it's like, yeah, we like Frio now, now yeah, that he's gone. Now that he's gone. My dad was saying, so his dad was getting stuck into Ross line when we were talking at the end of last year. And the How Good's Footy Boys are another example. Shout of out to the How yeah. Good's Footy Boys. Will be... Which is your game to look forward to? Uh, I've got versus St Kilda in round 10. Oh, yeah. Um, St Kilda are a team Brad who Hill. I... Well, that's, that's one part of it, but also I'm really excited for St Kilda this year. Yeah. And so, again, a lot of the t- games that I picked are to see those crossroads and to see where they're stacking up and yep. where they kind of go past. But also, Brad Hill's changeover. I, we'll talk more about him in St Kilda. Yeah. Um, I've got round 14 against Carlton because you've already mentioned the game that I'm referring to. Oh yeah. Um, they let that game against Carlton slip and they, realistically, the way that that game panned out, they shouldn't have let that slip. Yeah. And I think they're going to come into this wanting to rectify that. Um because, again, I think they're two teams that are very similarly matched. Mm-hmm. And last year it just slipped against them. I think they're going to win it back this year. They've got some really big names, really big injuries, I should say. Like, 
the, the injury list is stacked against them, yeah. you know. Um, but they've had that for the last three years has been their case. Yeah. Hamling out is an issue, but I, that's why I think Alex Pierce becomes that much more important. Yep. Um, what is your headline we won't see? Uh, headline we won't see is Frio M&W, the first team to take home both premierships. <laughs> Well, they may win the W. They may win the W, but... Um, oh, I love them. I love watching them play. I'm also excited for the first team to do the double. Melbourne. I don't think it's going to be Melbourne, but it's... It's definitely not going to be Adelaide. It's, it's not going to be Adelaide. won't be Carlton. It won't be Richmond. It's so, it's so funny this year how I'd love to do a thing like the teams who are doing well in AFLW aren't necessarily... Like it's, almost, it's almost a flip. Yeah. GWS are an example of that. But anyway. the opposite way. Um, my predicted headline is Alex Pierce finally an All-Australian. Great choice. Yeah, I'm very, very bullish on Alex Pierce. Yep. Shall we take a short break? Great. We've kept it under five minutes. and uh... Just. And come back to do the next six teams. Game on. 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 We are back. We just, you know, had some water, had some coffee. Discuss religion. Discuss religion, <laughs> weirdly enough, something I don't like talking about very much. Um, let's talk about Geelong. Who is Religion your... in its own... In town, yeah. Town. Who is your player to watch at Geelong? Uh, I had... I'm interested to see how Jack Stephen fits in at Geelong, mm. um, mostly because... Do you like my mug, by the I, way? I did actually notice that before, but I didn't mention it because we were started talking about something okay. else. okay. I'll just pause Geelong for a second. Do you like my mug? <laughs> I don't know if it's a new one. Is It was a Christmas gift. That's very good. You got this. Oh, I know. Yeah, okay. Now I'm actually looking at it more. Because it's a photo of... Everyone's seen me post this before, but I will post it again. It's a photo of Jordan Dawson putting finger guns up at um, Josh Kennedy. Yeah. And I started using this photo after I found it um, as like a reaction image to friends. Yeah. So a friend uh, made me a mug that has the photo and it says, you got this on it. It's very good. That's the best mug. It makes me so happy. I like Jordan Dawson. Right. You know you this. this. So my so my scuff. Um but yeah, I thought it was relevant to just bring that up while I was drinking my coffee. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back to Geelong. Oh, we were recording that all Jack Stevens. All right. Um yeah, Jack Stevens, I'm really interested to see how the change of scenery both act like physical scenery and and knowing that he grew up I think it was uh Lawn, I think is where he played his junior footy. Yeah. Um that and and being you know have with with the well documented kind of um, last few years that he's had, I think um, not only off the field and his just change of scenery, he can just kind of I don't know I just see him like running out the pasture and just being like the cow that's just kind of kicking around and having a nice time, <laughs> but also being so with so many more higher profile players in that team on and off field. He's doesn't have the weight of expectation on him. Yeah, he will be. He'll drop down by at least ten players. Yeah, and we'll get the. You know, his opponent will be a few players down. So it'd be really interesting to see how he goes about his footy. How he goes about his footy. Hopefully, he enjoys it. Just on a human level, I hope mm. that he gets out there and like. You know, he had a ripping mullet in that game on the weekend. I love it. I so hate it so much. Oh, I just. 
you know, he looks like a country footballer at the moment. He looks like he's had a few extra pies and he's just going to run around and, like... Play footy. Play footy and just the boys get around him and, like, smash a tin over his head after the game and just have a nice time. Like, that's... Mine is very Jack different Jack Stevens, go for it. Um, mine is Reece Stanley. Um, with no more Zach Smith around, I think the message is fairly clear that in a from a coach that doesn't seem to like rucks, that Reece Stanley is the guy. Yeah. And he needs to really take the opportunity and be like, okay, if you are putting your faith in me, I need to really step up. And I don't think he played that poorly last year. Mm. I just think Chris Scott is weird when it comes to rucks. Um, so I think that combined with, I think he'll work more with Radigali and the ruck this year as well. So I think that combination will be really good. So I, I'm keen to see Reece Stanley kind of really have a big year with like taking on that expectation and being like, okay, I can run with this. Mm. My falling out of favour or under pressure, under I think pressure. this is... I think this is the same as last year again. Um, I've chosen Gary Ablett again. Yeah, I also did. I think by the end of the season, we're going to be questioning whether he should have played on this year. Well, I was listening to an interview with Chris Scott on the way in today, and he was talking about Gary Ablett for a minute, talking about how he hadn't expected him to... Play all the games last year? Play all the games. And he's like, he did say, if you pin me down and... um, Ask me, he's like, should I have rested Gary Ablett a few more times? He's like, I should have. Yeah. But his words were that Gary Ablett started fantastically and he had a pretty great start to the season. Mm. And his body was holding up really well towards the end of the season. This surprised even Gary himself. So by the time we got to the finals and where they obviously, you know, had their moment. Um, so, he, and he also did say that he is very much going to rest them, yeah. not in a set games. But. I worry that Geelong, and I said this last year as well, I worry that Geelong are too focused on immediate response to things than actually building for the long term. And that is shown by Ablett staying on. It's shown by Jenkins coming into the side. Yep. It's shown by those few things. It's just like... When are you actually going to put your faith in your, your young players to carry it? Well, they've had... I know Grian Myers had a great year last year. I know yeah. Jordan Clark has been very good. But Charlie Constable is still not getting games. Mm. And if Gary Ablett wasn't in that side or a few others were rotated a bit, Charlie, or in pretty much any other side in the competition, Charlie Constable would be playing a lot more footy. Yeah. And it, he's just a wasted talent waiting underneath all those others. So, I don't know. I just am wor- wondering... They've they, got the opposite policy to maybe Hawthorne about moving players on. They also do have their feeder, like their set, their VFL, and it's quite strong too. Like they've kind of got a good system with development and you look at their, some of the players yeah. they've brought up through their own ranks. So, you know, with them, I think they've been in five of the last six preliminary finals, I think, to the stat. I know they only missed they finals once. Yeah, but they I, haven't won very many. They haven't won, but... Yes, that's very true. They, they, but also, it's successful. It's it's the top four in the league is is a yeah. But you could say that about Sydney. You can say that about Hawthorne as well. Well, we're not talking about Hawthorne. We're talking about Geelong. I'm just saying that I think the um, the they're turning over players, and they've they've blooded a lot of younger players in the last couple of years, and they've rotated their list. They've flipped it. I think there's only like yeah. five or six players playing from 2011 or 20. Yeah, they've done a. But um, well, 
I just that, yeah. that continued high end of the ladder. It'll be interesting to see how that will come to an end at some point because it can't be consistent for. Well, each of fifteen years, Sydney and Geelong have missed finals once in the past ten years. Sydney obviously missed last year. Geelong missed in twenty six, fifteen or sixteen. I'd have to look at the Hawthorne yeah. have missed a couple of times. So, anyway, we're we're way over time. Way over this. time. Uh, given that, where do you think they're going to finish? I've got sixth. I've got six to ten. Yeah, I think. I think they're of... on that cusp between making finals on percentage and missing on percentage. I think there'll be a, a game in, but I don't think it's going to be. You know they. Genuinely could go either way. Yeah. Um, I think... They'll probably lose a couple of games they weren't expected to lose, but then they'll demolish some teams along the way. They have the advantage of having that home ground 10 times a year. Such a good advantage. Seriously, and that's why they struggle come finals, is because they get into finals often because of that home ground advantage, and then Well, we'll get to that when we get to the uh, summation. Okay, well, uh, what's your game to look forward to? Uh, I've got versus... Richmond. I've got that as well, round nine. Um, Can they win at the MCG against a club in its prime? They've also got Brisbane in round seven. We've mentioned that when we're talking about Brisbane. Um, And the other one as well I've got is versus West Coast as well, Mm. Um, which I think is in round 16. Yeah, a bit later. Second half of the season. So Coming off the bye, can they win off the bye? Off the bye? Who have they got off the bye? They've got Hawks after the bye. So we were talking about the Hawthorne-Geelong game. Always great rivals, so yeah. you've really... Well, AFL Geelong have, haven't won off the bye in how many years? Uh, like five a years? A long time. And I think the numbers, if you include finals, is like double figures. Yeah. Um, and so they're that's... on track to have the most win-loss in a row now as well. Oh, yeah, I did see that stat. It's incredible. I thought Port Adelaide last year might have had a bit of a crack, but it's like nine or something, it's win-loss, crazy. win-loss. Yeah. Um, predicted or not predicted headline, what's your headline you won't see? Gary Ablett signs for 2021. Uh, my, my predicted headline is, did guys hang on for a year too long? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we went way over for them. We actually did more for them than we did Carlton. So let's move to the Suns. All right, we can do more about Carlton if no, you want okay. to. Suns, who's your player to watch? Um, I think it's kind of – I think that the two new recruits, Raul and Anderson, yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch their, their pre-season games to see how they're going, but from – I've had seen a few clips and little bits, but they look at home in the jumper. Yeah. Um, they don't look like their first – again, this is not watching games in detail. Yeah, because it's pre-season. You can't take that much from it, but – but you look at them and they don't look like some first-year players that you're like, oh, these guys won't play until the dead rubbers. Yeah. So round 12 or 13. But <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, um, that's not my thought at all. Uh, I've got Isaac Rankin because he didn't get to play last year through that true. hamstring injury. Yeah. He's got another preseason to, to get even stronger. The, the kind of kneeful games and things that we did see him play in, he was amazing. I'm... I think he's going to kind of be unleashed and just mm. really impress. And so you're looking at those three and then you've got King as well. Lacocious. Lacocious. Like these are some names that are very exciting potential. And they've brought in a couple of – they've brought in Hugh Greenwood from Adelaide. Who's a, huge as well. Um, they're such a good get Their Their ins list is, you know, they've brought in 13 new players this year. Yeah. Um, 
Stuart Jew's really starting to craft his own list. Like, he's had a couple of years now to really make some moves there. Yep. And now it's starting to be his team, and you see the culture changing. Yep. Um, but and that, that unit, and I think that's the great thing, and that's been done to death, is the Raul Anderson picking them up together, mm. is really locking and in these Rankin firsts. and Lukosius was the year before. Yep. Yeah. Really locking in these, like, groups of players, his yep. units. Um Who's, it's sad that Alex Sexton's out at the start of the season. I don't know not, how much you like. It's not confirmed that he's going to miss the start of the season, but he's pretty much going to miss the start of the season. When, and at the start, the, the immediate start, it doesn't look like it's going to like yeah. carry on too far. But oh, Everyone pray for his hamstring. <laughs> um, who's falling out of favour for you? Um, I have Peter Wright. I, he was mine last year. He He's a... a Big, experienced body, and he had some moments where he was really... Pushing up on the wing, becoming that option. Yeah. I think he's got a very rough head, and I have moments where I kind of... Particularly in that game against... I was like, I just don't like you, Peter Wright. But he's... With so many young kids in the lineup, the stronger physical bodies... Yeah. ...need to... Assert themselves. Assert themselves to let the kids kind of... The kids can't take the hits the same way as someone like Peter Wright. Yeah. So the kids over the next 12 to 18 months will catch up and start to lead. And if he's not throwing his body in the front, mm. not in front of the contest, but just as in a leadership, some sort of like... But also when you consider Zach Smith going up there as another tall option, like mm. there's starting to be some depth in his role. And if he doesn't present, that's yep. an issue. I've got Sam Day, and I know that he's had his injury, injury concerns in the past and things like that but I think he really needs to become a leader of their back line. Last year, their defence, they were without um, Rory Thompson. Now I'm really concerned that I said that name, <laughs> Rory Thompson. Um, but I it was me getting the names wrong yesterday on another topic. It was really like... <laughs> um, it was more Josh Corbett and it was um, Chris... Oh, I've forgotten everyone's names now, but it's all it was all those guys that came in in the supplementary period yep. that stood up for their defence, whereas it needs to be Sam Day. Sam Day's been in the system long enough. He's a good enough player. He needs to be their defensive leader. Yep. And that's as simple as that. Where do you think they're going to finish? Um, I had them finishing 16th, but, again, uh, it's why I like the way you do your ladder is because you give them a bit of fluidity. Yep. I don't think it's going to be a doom and gloom 16th. I think a bit like Carlton last year, there was like, hey, we're actually really excited for what's happening here. There's just a lot of stronger teams out there. I have 10 to 14. I'm really positive about them. I'm I'm excited for them, and I have got them down as a team I'm excited to watch. Um, I'm looking forward to their first five rounds. Yeah. You go back for the last few years, they've been three and two after the first. Last year, they got off to a great start. The Cardiac year kids. Cardiac kids. Um, we spoke about that last year, but also the year before, before the Commonwealth Games, they, they got off to a great start and then all the moving around the Commonwealth Games and they kind of like hit bottom. So yeah. will they get out of the blocks hard? And I think they've got uh, some solid starts. Let me just go back to my notes here. Um, Port in round one. Port in round one at home. So again, could I feel like it wouldn't be so far to tip Suns in that. Um They've got Cats, they've got Swans, Frio and Melbourne. So there's a few upsets that they can pull in that first five weeks before... Um, really settling in. Before really settling in. So, uh, yeah. That's, What's your game to look forward to then? Oh, I've just got... It's, it's the first five. The first like five those rounds. first five rounds to see. It's not one specific game because 
We're um, out of time here. We're out of time, Jason. but also, um, yeah. yeah. I've got round one against Port where they're likely to unleash Raul Anderson alongside King and Lukosius and potentially Rankin. And then you'll have the Port's younger guys in the front as well. It's going to yeah. be a very it's gonna be super. exciting game. Um, I don't think you'll see the headline that Gold Christ requires more priority assistance. I think that they'll be – I don't think – I think that they'll go right where we are now at a building. This is like – We've got it. We just need to like fill in, get the sellies, no more gaps out, and start. <laughs> you know, my predicted headline is culture no longer a worry for the Suns. Yeah, and I think their women's team has a lot to do with it. Uh, yeah, great. Got to give them credit because they've been bloody great. All right, let's. We went a minute overtime there. Let's move on to the GWS Giants. My player to watch is Stephen Caniglio. Stephen Caniglio. Yeah, the video. Oh, that, Have you that, seen that video? Yeah, I love it. Um, the AFL posted a big, big sound meme yesterday, and I'm yeah. like, as funny as that was... It's over. You didn't even post a relevant one to today. It was, you, you missed the boat. You should have done a topical one for right now. Yeah. I would have laughed. But um, So I think with the captaincy now, I think he'll shoulder it really well, and it'll help him take his game to the next level. Mm. He's always been a leader for them, but I think with that public acknowledgement, he's always been a multicultural ambassador. Yep. He's always done so much for the community. He's like, he's such a positive role model in yeah. the men's footy, and I think he's going to take that on and become better because of it. So I'm really keen to see the start of what he does yep. this year. Yep. What about you? Um, there was a lot of excitement in the lead up for Tom Green. Yes. The rookie. Um, and he already looks like he's been in footy for like five years. <laughs> he's huge. Yeah. And you know, he's, he's a Canberra guy. So yeah, that's Academy really guy. Academy. Yeah. It links in well with, um, with their push into there. Um, so uh, some of these young guys, I just, I know that it's not every young guy gets to run straight off the park. Mm. But from I all, think he will, yeah. all accounts, he's a he's one that especially um, with Callan Ward still a little while away. Yeah, he's still a, a few, and Tim Taranto's out for at least the best part of the season, six months or so. Yeah, shoulder. Who's falling out of favour for you? Um, I had uh, Finlayson's one possession grand final needs a little, like a little bit of redemption. Um, I had a hard time picking someone falling out of favour. But I've gone with Aiden Core. Yep. He, he, it's purely based on the form of some of the younger defenders that I think are going to go past him this year. Throwing shit around my house. No, it's fine. Um, particularly Sam Taylor. Sam Taylor went past Aiden Core last mm. year. So I think he's going to really need to fight for his spot in what is a really deep list. And that's it purely a- the reason I chose him. And their, their injury list is, while the names are... There are midfielders this, that are injured. It's not at the either, either it's end not of the a big. It's not. It's at this. It's not. It's scary that like some of the players they're brought in, the players that they've lost aren't like there's some recovery retirements. John O'Patton's probably the biggest one, but again, he's. I always forget about him. Yeah, him in a Hawthorne looks like he's been in a Hawthorne jersey forever, um, but he's got a his head looks like it's been. We don't need to say things like that, Jason. That's true. <laughs> Where do you think they're going to finish? Um, I've got ninth. Really? I, I, you've, I've kind of went with the line that you've got to pick someone who's got to drop out and someone who's got to go in. And looking at the last ladder from the last few years, there's someone unexpected misses and someone unexpected makes it in. So I've kind of – and we only your percentage. It'll be them missing out on the finals. I have them three to five. I reckon they're going to be damaging. 
could go either way. Yeah, you, it could. you know, you look at Adelaide after 2017. Look at Melbourne. Yeah, look at Melbourne. Melbourne, like, I've already addressed what their issues were, but whatever. Um, we'll move on, but what game are you looking forward to? Um, Richmond Collingwood. Sorry, Rich versus Richmond. Yeah, round seven. It seems obvious, but I think the Giants really look strong heading into this season. Yeah. And they're going to want to try and, like, exert some, like, power, I guess, over yeah. them. And, like, this time it's our turn. Yeah. Um, versus Collingwood. And also they've built that traditional rival with the Bulldogs. So Yeah, um, that's true, actually. What's your headline you won't see? Toby Green shakes bad boy tags and AFLPA MVP. My predicted headline is the two sides of Toby Green. (laughs) (laughs) We did not plan this. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the Hawks. We made up a little bit of time with that one. Hawthorne, play to watch. What's yours? Um, With Hawthorne, I think they've got, like we talked about John O'Patton just before. And... um, you know, I feel like he'll fit really well into the Hawthorne team mm. and kind of, like I said a few minutes ago... With Mitch Lewis injured now as well? It's, yeah, it's going to be... Hey, could kick a bag. Mm. Could. Could, but also... Could fade into oblivion. Who knows? I've got James Warhol because he had a BNF... Like, he won the BNF mm, last year. He, he had a great season. I want to know how he takes his game or, or maintains his game at a high level with a slightly different role this year because Tom Mitchell is back in the side. Mm. So I'm curious to see how he can adapt to continue his form. I was really excited for Tom Mitchell last year, obviously, before he did his injury. Mm. So, you know, I think it'll take Tom Mitchell a few minutes to get going, particularly his dominating performances in 2018. Um, Will we see him back at his best? I don't think that's my fall out of favour, but I'm, I'm the player that I'm interested to see performance would be like, okay, is he going to come in with an element of hesitation in his game? I just think Warple can complement what Tom Mitchell does. Mm. And I think that's what we want to see. I mean, we don't want to see Hawthorne doing well, let's be honest. I've got them uh, finishing 11th. I've got 12 to 16. Um, but who's falling out of favour for you? Um, that was what I was saying with um, with Tom Mitchell. It wasn't oh, yeah. falling out of favour. It was just under a, pressure. It's interesting to see where how that will look to start with. Yeah. And um, they have. Um, oops, I'll just close the wrong tab here. Disaster. Here. Um, they start off against Brisbane, and um, Brisbane. That's at the G. So I think Brisbane Dockers Collingwood. There's a few cats. They've got a few tough games to start with, so yeah. they really need to be on to it 100% from the get-go. Um, they don't really have any soft games to start the season. No. so I My play to Fallout is the same as last year as well. I think this is the third one. I think that's <laughs> it now. Um, Paul Buopolo, mm-hmm. I'm surprised he's still on the list this year, to be honest, particularly when they've got such a history of moving players on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much he really did contribute last year, and I don't know how much he can contribute this year. So I think he may not. He might end up being a fringe player this year, coming in for role-playing more than an automatic selection for them this year. Mm. Um, we've already talked about expected finish. Game to look forward to? We already mentioned it, but the Geelong Hawthorne Easter game. Monday. I've chosen that yeah. one as well. Um, um, no matter how each team is tracking, it's always close, and I think that is what we're wanting. Yeah, and Hawthorne West Coast is always another game. Like They've got a fair bit of history between those two teams, and you know I feel like West Coast are going to come away with that, mm. but um, 
there's a couple of teams, you know, the, the, the history between those two clubs. Yeah. Uh, what's the headline we won't see? Clarkson stacked at mid-season when they underperform. <laughs> My... <laughs> when they have a few light losses to some of those tough teams and big losses, then... <laughs> My predicted headline is succession plan in place for class. <laughs> this is great. We're having a really cohesive year this year. We sat down for about half an hour before we recorded. But we didn't just actually to... say what we had. No, we just compared compared notes. We didn't actually talk about our notes. So this is, this is fantastic. Oh, all right. Let's move on to Melbourne. We're going to spend a little bit more time on Melbourne. You're going to spend a little bit more time on Melbourne. Yes. So, Melbourne. Um, my player to watch is Bailey Fritch. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to choose one from Melbourne because I think there's probably five or six that I'm really curious to see what kind of form they get into. Joel Smith being one, Ed Langdon being one. Yep. And then from a non-player perspective, Darren Burgess, who's their new strength and conditioning coach and I think he's going to have a bigger impact than any one of the players yeah. is this year because we all know that my opinion is that Melbourne were kind of – they were screwed before they even set foot on round one and then it was all downhill from there. And even this year they're still behind the eight ball going into They this. are, but they're so much further ahead than they were yep. last year. Um, Bailey Fritch, though, I think if he plays the season up forward rather than having to fill gaps in defence because of injury, I think he could very well be Melbourne's leading goal kicker this year. He can jump high. He can take good marks. He's got a really good goal sense, and he's also got a really good sense of where his teammates are because he's got such an elite kick, whether it's at goal or around the ground. Mm. So I think that is going to make him so dangerous up forward. And then you consider players like Langdon and Tomlinson being the ones to deliver the ball to him, which has been a big issue for Melbourne, is the way they enter 50. If they can have players like Tomlinson and Langdon really putting it to Fritch's advantage in the forward line, that completely changes Melbourne's forward line setup. And I'm really excited to see what can happen there. And then that takes some pressure off Tom McDonald having to be the guy. Yep. And he always performs better if he doesn't have to be the guy. And then Sam Wiedemann is another one who's finally fit and ready to go. He can have a little bit of pressure off him as well because there's they'll be able to stretch defences a little bit more. So I'm really excited about Bailey Fritch. Falling out of favour for me, I've got Alex Neil Bullen. I've always been a really big fan of his, but it's at the point now for Melbourne where his endurance just isn't enough anymore. Yeah. He runs so much every game, which is great. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But his disposal is abysmal. And if he can't fix that or at least fix his conversion at goal, because he does have a lot of flying shots at goal out of packs, if he can't fix that, he will lose his spot to other players that are more reliable. And it's just not good enough anymore to have a player like that just kicking out having shots at goal that are always missing instead of trying to hit up a, a yeah. play, teammate. And it's as, as the team strengthens again, the, the, the contest for those positions. Yeah. Um, it's something I didn't really talk about with Carlton, but that's a year where players last year who were getting games because there wasn't the options. I think Melbourne's kind of in a spot. It's like, all right, we need to play you because of injuries and because of like, we just need something because mm. we already know that our season's kind of in trouble in trouble um we're trying anything now this year should things stabilize which i am pretty confident that they will mm. um those those spots will be tougher particularly with ed langdon there ed langdon takes that endurance yeah. and kind of wing position from him and you pick Ed Langdon over Alex Nilbourne every day of the week. How do you feel Benal will... Go, he's injured again. He's injured again, which is unsurprising. But do you think that he will... Should... How do you think he'll fit into the team? Do you I, think he'll just, like, slide in and play some th- games and do some great things but not be a... Not build a team around... Not around, but not build structures around? I think he, if he gets fit, and I think being under Darren Burgess is the best possible thing um, for him, best place for him to be yep. if he's to continue his footy career, I would love to see him come into a game and actually just be one of the role players in the team. Yep. That's what I want to see from him is come in, have but just be dangerous and force opposition to defend you. Yep. That's all I want to see from him. I don't want him to kick 10 goals. I don't want him to have to do anything outrageous. Yep. Come in, have an impact at a role-playing level. And that's it. If they can get him fit enough to do that, that is a win for Melbourne. Because they mm. got him for nothing. Yeah. You may as well try it. With with Burgess there, who is so, like, worldwide, he's one of the best in the business. So I, I hope for his sake he can get that a continuity in his body. I also didn't um, highlight the watch out for um, watching the VFL, sorry, the, sorry, the Stanford Heights of um, Kezia Pickett. Yes, Kezia Pickett, yes. Kezia, I was like, Kezia, Kezia. Oh, my God, um, he's so exciting. And Luke Jackson even as well. Yeah. Have well, he seen, was the number three. And have you seen how high he jumps, Luke Jackson? Not, he no. He has such a huge leap on him. It's so exciting. And they want him to play midfield. <laughs> they don't even want him in the rock. They want him to be a midfielder. Yeah, right. So Melbourne have so many um, things at their disposal this year. They just need to make sure they can get consistency in the team they're putting out on the field. Mm. If they can get consi- particularly in their back line, which was decimated last year, if they can get the same six guys playing more than five games in a row together, that changes Melbourne completely. Yeah. And it makes them so much smarter because they have more 
connection with one another. They know where each other's going to be. It's going to change Melbourne completely. Where do you think they're finishing? I've got them 14th. I think that they will do much, much better. But as I was putting everything into place, I like go, oh, no, not quite, not quite, not quite. So, um, Wow. I have them five to eight. It's Look, I've been wrong many times before, but... I'm uh, just surprised that you have them so low. I had them really high last year. I had them yeah. making the grand final. And we all had them high last and, year. Uh, they should have been high last year. I think that they will be a really solid team as the year goes on, but maybe some of those close games they may, may or may not make. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be the case that they'll get done a few times hard and then they'll win some close games. And then as the season goes, to see how they're... They've got a few injuries to start with, but I think... We'll see how mid-season. Yeah. We should just do a recap of our ladder mid-season, and but um, if they've got that 2018 momentum going again, then their back half will be pretty solid. Yeah. Um, game to look forward to. Um, I didn't have that written down here for some reason. That's all right. I've got round two against the Giants at the MCG. They're returning to the MCG after a disappointing 2019, mm. and I think they're going to really want to show their home crowd that they're back in business. They've got the Eagles first up, yeah, and that's going to be bloody tough over, over there, there. Against Tim Kelly. <laughs> against Tim Kelly. Um, but after that, they, they go Eagles and Giants. That's two really tough games to start with. But then you go Frio, St Kilda and Suns, which, depending on how those teams pan out, mm. could be incredibly tough games or they could be very winnable games. Yeah. Um, but also it depends on how they it, – it, it, that start could – could, they could be make two or, and three. Make or break, yeah. Or they could legitimately be one and four. Like they could they could very much um, – There's so much up in the air. It is because there's, there's middle of the road, middle of the road, inverted commas teams that – uh, and a couple we haven't spoken about yet. So yeah. We just don't know how they'll they'll start. What's the headline we won't see? Uh, demons take AFL to church in September, like grand final. Like, <laughs> um, Mine is... Take me to church. <laughs> mine is redemption for the Ds. Redemption. Redemp- redemption. Um, be, that would be a great hauling. ED, you know, yeah. I should just write headlines. Yeah. I've... I've got that because the rest of the they'll, I think they'll make finals and that's their redemption, is their shot back up. Mm. Um, okay, let's move on to the Kangaroos. Let's not spend too long on these guys. Play to watch. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Majak back on the park yeah. in, a, in an AFL game. Um, I think there was a bit of excitement seeing him in the practice matches and he seemed to have, you know, seemed to get off. Yeah. Not get off. Seems to get off to a good start. Well, he's better in the back line than he is in the forward line. Yeah. Um, And I also have a soft spot for Jasper Pittard. Yes. Um, (laughs) Export. Export. That's how I. I, But in the. um, He gave away so many free kicks and 50 metre penalties in the practice match. Which is why the Port fans love to hate him. Yeah. Um, He's a bit of enough. But. He was the only one who long sleeve had Guernsey. long sleeves in the Kenzie. And I'm like, there is a Jasper Pittard fan club on fan page on Facebook that I liked yesterday. Um, I had a bet going with a friend of mine that he would, this $50 bet that he would get one Brownlow vote last year. Yeah, I do remember that. And um, I lost and I was happy to pay up because the return bet on that with my mate is that um, whoever makes the grand final next, the other person has to buy the 
ticket for the person and he's a Port Adelaide supporter. So I feel like if I pay up on this Jasper Pittard bet when we make the grand final in a couple of years. Um, so they're, they're two that I'm excited for. And sometimes the, the players you like watching aren't the, the technically best the best. Yeah. You just like have so his haircut. He gets his haircut by the same place that Lisa does. Um, shout out to whatever they are on Sydney Road. But, oh, God. Um, um, mine's Nick Larky. I've got Nick Larky. Um, he's a player that I think North can really structure their forward line around mm. and he's more versatile than Ben Brown so he can actually provide them a little bit more. Like Ben Brown is more of a steadying influence whereas Nick yeah. Larky can kind of create, which I think is quite interesting. Um, How do you think of Bonner will go coming from GWS to North? Do you think he'll get a lot of game time or do you I think it'll a take a really strong team? I think North. it'll take a few weeks for him to get a game. Mm. Not saying that North are a really strong team and he has to fight for his spot, but I think he maybe needs to clean up a few little things before he does get selected. Yep. Um, and even some of the players have said that already about him. So, yeah, I think he he needs to work into it, but we'll probably see him more consistently towards the end of the year. Mm. Um, falling out, I've got Aaron Hall. Um, he's yet to put out a full consistent year in the AFLM competition. Yeah. Um, He's always started the season well or had one game where it's like, he's so good. And then he completely falls away and just doesn't have an impact. And it's just frustrating. Yep. Um, I mean, he barely got games in the second half of last year after starting the season quite well. So I think he needs to find out how to how he can be consistent um, throughout the course of the 23 weeks. Um, where do you see them finishing? I've got them 17th. I've got them, like, lower. Um, they've got... Their first game is against the Saints, so yeah. that could go either way. But then they go against Brisbane the next week, and with guys like Ben Brown out for a couple of weeks, um, who's such a, you know, he kicked 65, 64 goals for them. He's yeah. been consistently, last few years, been 60, 65 goals. That's uh, for an era that doesn't have many key four forwards mm. or key forwards. Um, he that's going to be a, particularly against Brisbane, who will be very fast and very you know you get going. I think um, the, their start is going to be pretty slow. Yeah, I've got them nine to thirteen. Um, and game to look forward to. You mentioned I think round one against St Kilda. They're two teams that have the past two years have had similar expectation on them. Yep. And I think we're going to see St Kilda take the next step, while North won't, and that's why I think we're on the same page. with, yeah. with St Kilda and North Melbourne. All right, let's move uh, along. A headline you won't see for Oh, North, yeah, shit. Um, I've got is record North Melbourne crowds. Like, they're always notorious for it being on the smaller side, and I, I, I can't see that improving in 2020. Do you want to know my predicted headline? Go. This is a bit spiteful. I love a bit of spice. Cunnington, the most fined player in AFL <laughs> history. <laughs> Because he never gets suspended for punching people. Oh, Ben Cunnington. I think I saw a photo of him with like an old Nokia phone or something. Like it's like... Colac. Love it. All right, let's move to Port Adelaide. Um, I'll quickly do my first two players and then you can run with this. Um, We have the power. (laughs) My player to watch is... Come on, Port Adelaide aggression. I'm going to cut all that out. This song's a little bit silly. I mean, it's better than the start of North Melbourne's song that no one knows the words to. I was about to say, do you know how? I can't even remember how it goes. Um, play to watch. Uh, I've got Darcy Byrne-Jones. I think he's really Burn underrated. Jones. 
That's that's our nickname for him. You Brennan like Jennings. Lost your mind today. It's um, it's very funny. It's just that's just their running running name for him. Brennan Jennings. Every time he does anything, Brennan Jennings sounds like a motorbike. Had <laughs> too much coffee. His work across halfback is so crucial to the way Port play their footy, mm. and whether they're on or not is based on what he's able to create for them in that role. And I think he's really underrated, so I think he's one to keep an yeah. eye on this year. And he's an exciting player too. He is, and he's really skillful. Mm. And when they lost Polek, everyone's like, well, where's that kick going to come from? It's Burn Jones is the yeah. one to do that for them. Side note, since I was in North Melbourne before, Polek at North Melbourne has so good. really kind of flourished. flourished. Yeah. I'm not saying that wouldn't have happened at Port, just at the right time of his career, but it's worth shouting him out. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly say my player falling out and then you can run okay. away. Um, I can run away. <laughs> run away with the port chat. Um, Ollie Wines, he lost the captaincy, um, couldn't retain his spot in the side last year even when he was fit. I think he really needs to like assert his position as one of the premier on bowlers in the yeah. competition. He has all the assets. He just needs to get to work, I guess. Yeah. It's funny. Some of the names you mentioned I've already I've got here as well. I'm really excited for Laddams. Mm-hmm. Um, he got Laddams. some big rap in the captain's day. Yeah. Um, and kind of a name that's not really a you know, AFL name mm. in terms of, you know, people recognising, but um, kind of kept popping up in games last year, like, oh, well, there he is, there he is again, and um, is rated very highly as by teammates and by, by his captain. Yeah. Um, there is a player whose name slips my mind because I've nicknamed him Wogboy. Um, Peter Georgiades. Uh, my Lisa's very excited that there's, you know, and, uh, someone with that sort of surname. So if we, he's got a nickname as Wogboy. <laughs> um, he, the games that I watched in the preseason had like got off to a flying start. Like he yeah. had some great moments in it and um, – their young forward line, and, mm. you know, in moving to midfield is a very exciting prospect for 2021, 22. Like, as those guys have a few more nonas, you know, lasagnas and stuff, <laughs> um, it's very... Oh, I'm going to my nonas for dinner tonight. Oh, yeah. Very excited about that now. I should have come over tomorrow and got some leftovers. Yeah, I always get leftovers. Sorry, um, Port Adelaide. No, that's, that's like, they're a team like... I've always enjoyed the way that Port Adelaide play, yep. even before having you know more of a um, before Connor Rosie existed. Before before that, you know, yeah. always like I think of that um, twenty. I've forgotten what years twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen. Um, Were the, they lost to Hawthorne in the final? No, but the Sam Gray, Robbie Gray sort of tapped down to fifty. That that goal like that oh, against St Kilda. Against, I think that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, and like that style of play of just being able to like. Go like, yeah. and it's quite exciting, flashy. It has its unpredictability, which you look at like their win loss record last year. But yeah. guys like Rosie, um, Butters, Butters, I love Butters, Dersma as well. They've yeah. got two really um, big father sons, Burgoyne and Mead. Like they're big Port Adelaide names, and so Port Adelaide fans are quite excited by those in the future. It may not start off the yeah. season. Um, uh, my fallout of favour is same with you, Ollie Wines, Boxhead, is what he's affectionately known. I've got a lot of nicknames for Port Adelaide players. <laughs> you look, his jawline is one of the strongest in the AFL. I agree. Um, Ollie Wines is somebody much like Danaher. I was saying before about playing that Carter season early. Yeah. So then the outrage goes, and if he loses the captaincy or those things, it's not like a Bree Davy going, "I'm the captain. I'm going to another club." 
not taking a pot shot of Brie Davy, but just using that as an example. I mean, you could have said Ryan Griffin. <laughs> Brie Davy's more in my like. <laughs> You immediate. know, immediate. A personal attack. Personal. No, no, it genuinely wasn't a personal attack. It's just an example of, because it's, it's closer to Ollie Wines. It's like, yeah. okay, captain. Um, there was a lot of about the captaincy with Port Adelaide last year. So, oh, dual yeah. captains. And for a Victorian, that's very funny. Very, very funny yeah. of how much issue they made. And then how that letter, which we spoke about last year, the letter that went out about from their, their, their president. It's just like, Port Adelaide is a club that if you don't know, it's all very funny. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, so I think Ollie Wines, you know, probably will go to Carlton. I don't know. That's That'd be great. He'd be fun. But it's the same thing, like I was saying. It's playing that card so that then when it happens, the shock isn't there yeah. in that immediacy. And he can probably have a great season this year. And um, um, Todd Marshall's another one. Yeah, big um, fan of him. Yeah, Lisa was saying about him, like, he's been around for th- a few years now. Yeah. Hasn't, just needs to progress more and be a little bit less inconsistent. Mm. Um, Where do you think they're finishing? I've got them eighth. I've got wow. them, like, just in. But, again, we on percentage. They've missed out a few times in the last few years, and I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt this year. It's their 150th year. Or if you look at their, the photo of their beanie from a few weeks back, it's their... You know, 1820, when it's supposed to be 1870. It's very... I don't know if you saw that. No, I haven't There's a beanie that was misprinted that says 1820 when it should have been 1870 for the 150th year of Port Adelaide Football Club existing. Very funny. Um, uh, I have them 13 to 17. I I put them at that mostly because of the 150th year. I think that some of those guys who are first year this year are just going to keep going. They lost a couple of players. Dougal Howard, Paddy Ryder. Paddy Ryder, but... I, I'm think I'm yeah. Billy Frampton. I'm more excited about them. Can I just say how much I love Billy Frampton? Just a side note. Is that because he like switched? I think I just really like his hair. <laughs> I love the blonde hair. I love There's Luke Ryan when he had blonde hair. Blonde hair, I think. But also Billy Frampton played really well in the preseason. I really liked it. Anyway, um, game to look forward to. Always the showdowns. That's always like. Yep. I'm almost a. F- fan of putting a showdown in Melbourne only because only because it just seems stupid it does sound stupid and it would lose so much but I think that they are consistently some of the most interesting and passionate games of football not saying that yeah but that part of that is because it's in front of that home crowd that's 100% true so on one hand I'm saying that but also don't move it it's also funny when you bring that up and it's it the just reaction. It is the most ridiculous idea I've grand ever Grand final heard. showdown. Let's go with that. That's if the only way it's going to happen. If it was the grand final, then yes. That, that's what I'm... But thinking. even then, I don't think... That, anyway. Um, and um, also versus Carlton, at the start of May, it's the Port Adelaide's 150th, 150th yep. celebration game, which you mentioned before. What's a headline we won't see? In Victoria, anything about Port Adelaide. <laughs> in South Australia, anything positive about Port Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> My... My predicted headline is clock ticks for Hinkley. Purely mm, absolutely. And, and I prefaced before we even started recording, I said to you, my headlines were either gonna be something that I assume the media is gonna write just because the media is predictable media, yeah. or something that I think will genuinely happen and yeah. might end up being me writing about it. Um this one is very much the media are gonna jump on this. And he said it himself too, like yeah. no finals, no no yeah. Hinkley. So all right, do we want to take a very quick break for some more water and come back? Let's do it. Water and come back? Let's do it. Water and come back? Let's do it. 
Order and come back. Let's do it. Order and come back. Let's do it. We're back for our final part here. Yeehaw. I said here. I just said, yeah, yeehaw. Um, We're going a bit loopy in the studio because we've had coffee and... I've had coffee and I'm still going to take a nap after this. I really need a nap. That sounded... I've been meeting at four, so I don't have much time to nap, but I will take one. All right. Let's talk about Richmond. Player to watch. Go. I have uh, some of the obvious names. Sydney Stack. Mm. Marlon Pickett, mm. like, he doesn't have to do anything else. He might as well retire. Like, he's won the grand final. He's won two grand finals in two weeks. He's like, show that he's a good player. Like, it's, it's, it's all downhill from here. I haven't watched that little uh, mini doco yet. It's, it's on my to-do list, but um, about him. So uh, There's just too much Richmond stuff happening. I'm just bored. I'd shoot out. With the women's and the men's. It's just like they're the only team in existence. I'm uh. like, ugh. But on the other side, Jack Higgins, I'm glad that he's yeah. up and about and hopefully gets a game this year. I don't know how far off he is off the top well, of my he head. Played, he played preseason. He did play preseason. Yeah. Um, which, which is a great sign. Which is so exciting. Yeah, good he's, for him. You know, one of the, the Richmond, have, unfortunately, have blooded a few players who have personality. Mm. And I think that shows good club culture too. Um or letting them express that personality. That's it, yeah, yeah. Letting, them, letting their personalities um, show. Um, mine is Dylan Grimes. So he mm. led their defence last year when Rance went down, and we all know how I feel about Rance. Um, but he finally started to get a bit of the recognition he deserved yeah. with, without Rance there, and he led their defence to be the best defence in the league and the premiership-winning defence without I, Rance. I joked earlier in the season that if Carlton didn't, uh, I don't want to say Carlton caused Alex Rance's injury because it was far from it, but if Alex Rance hasn't got injured, they don't win the grand final. I fully believe that yeah. as well because their defence works so much better without him in there. So I think <laughs> he's, he's the league's best defender when he doesn't I, play. No, like <laughs> when he doesn't play. Um, so, so on th- that mode, then Richmond th- are going back to back. <laughs> I, th- I think him going into this season as the official leader of their defence, not yeah, just like yeah. the backup leader or whatever. It um it. Just puts a bit more pressure on him in terms of spotlight, but I think he lives up to the challenge. Yep. Um, I think falling out of favour, this was a hard one for me to pick, but I've got Jason Castagna purely in similar a similar vein as Alex Neil Bullen. If he can't clean up his conversion in front of goal, yeah. there's so many guys behind him that can do it, that can take his spot. And yep. that for, for that own, that's the only reason I've selected him. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think there's going to be too many issues there. They've got a strong team. They bought in a few, a few only five players in the draft. They didn't do any trading. It was mm. just like putting a few no, new didn't need to. Yeah. Now, I'm really sad that they picked up Thompson Dow. I was hoping we'd get both Dow boys at yeah. Carlton. Um, and I think he went at one after... Um, I've forgotten who he picked up at 20 or 19, but it was, you know, it would have been great to have the Dow brothers and yeah. the the Deconing brothers, which we'll talk about afterwards as well. I'm <laughs> sad that, um, but no, I'm not a, a um, I'm not in that role. But uh, where do you think they're finishing? Oh, I've got them third. I've got them. It's hard to see them. Like it would be very hard to see them drop out of the top five. Yeah, I've got them top four. As much as it pains me. Yeah. What game uh, do you have to look forward to? Always round one. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're unveiling the flag. Um, if there's people there, if it happens. Well, they'll still unveil the flag, but it just will be... I think if there's no no people there, that'll work in Carlton's favour. Yeah, for sure. 100%, because Richmond's very noisy crowd and very... Yeah. And on um, AFL 360 last night, um, Rewalt was talking about exactly that and how through the final series, obviously finals is a whole different beast, but he's like, mm. um, through some of those finals, like that gave the team that extra player Push. on the ground, yeah. easy, or two players on the ground. So, yeah. um, The noise, can you just noise imagine, of affirmation. Noise of, but can you just imagine like Eddie Betts kicking the first goal of the game? And I didn't talk enough about him during this whole thing, but or or like you know Marlon Pickett kicking a goal, yeah. like in that in that first five minutes of the game, and there's no cheers like that. Those exciting players, some of those exciting players that feed Thrive, off that energy yeah. and, and perform for the crowd, not just for the team. Um, so changes it, um, and also versus GWS because um, yeah, yeah, that'll be that could be a really uh, really fast and really like exciting game. I've got round 14 against West Coast. The Eagles, I think, are going to be a force this year and Richmond um, come up against them coming off the bye. So I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup coming mm. there. Uh, predicted headline. Oh, what's your headline we won't see? <laughs> uh, I've got two. I've got Rams returns in time for back-to-back grand final challenge. Um, ruins he, it for them? He, yeah, ruins it, loses it for them. Um, no, I don't think I'm, – I'm pretty positive from everything that he said himself that it's, you know, thanks for your time and um, done deal. we'll see you in the media at some point. Um, but also I think the other one would be, um, you know, pick and edges out Dusty for Norm Smith. <laughs> I don't think we'll – I don't think that's um, – that that's more of a one that would be great to see, but we won't yeah. see it. My predicted headline is Dylan Grimes recognised it's all Australian. Simple, straightforward. Yep. I'm, I'm getting a little bit boring with these. Um, let's go with the Saints. My play to watch oh, is... when the Saints. Max King. I have got Max King as well. Um, he finally seems ready to debut, and he could really change the face of their forward line, yep. which is cool. I don't like his brother, and I didn't... I know, I we talked about actually... this. I like his brother. You don't, because he had one incident on the field. Oh, more than that. But um, also, when we, we've had conversations as well as about where we think the King brothers will end up. Yeah. Um, I think they'll end up at the Gold Coast. So I've, I've heard that they may probably end up at St Kilda. Yeah. But it's the other way. So we'll see what happens. What do we know? I mean, they may just not play together. <laughs> That's also That's an it. option. That's it. They might just end up at Fremantle for some unknown reason. Who knows? No, or they just stay in the clubs that they're at. <laughs> um, and also excited about what Bradley Hill will, yeah. um, Hill will bring. I, I think St Kilda this year is a team that I'm very excited to see. Mm. And, if I'm picking the Smokey for improvement, mm. I'm putting my money on St Kilda. And, yeah, it's... Ratten as much as the players they've brought in? Yeah, it's not purely Ratten-based. I think Ratten... I'm really glad Ratten got his time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, while I'm not sad about David Teague, I'm sad that Ratten didn't get the gig. Yeah. Um, I think he needs vindication from that how I was treated at Carlton at the time. But also, if he's built that part of that building at St Kilda, there's no reason to take him out of that back to, say, Carlton. He will do better that he's had the time to percolate. In the same way that he has percolated in Carlton for a number of years, Mm. Ratton will, you know, 
who, all accounts, he's, he's great at what he does. Who's under pressure at the Saints for you? Um, I've got Paddy Ryder. They picked him up. Um, it's ambitious. He's a bit older. He's had some injuries, you know. Um, so, you know, I don't yeah. think he'll start. I don't think he'll hit the ground running. But um, I have. he's able to slide under. Because they've brought in people like Hill, Zach Jones they've brought in, Dan Butler. Some of these names which have got a bit of experience, he's able to slide under those names as a, you know, if they'd just brought in him and draft picks, he would have much more of a focus. Yeah, that's true. Um, I have Zach Jones and this is, um, it was tough to choose someone as well. Yeah. Ryder, I have many feelings about because he's coming to the side saying, I want to play more ruck time. I came to the Saints to play more ruck time. And Rowan Marshall should not be kicked out of the ruck for Paddy Ryder. That's my personal opinion. Anyway, Zach Jones, um, Saints fans are going to have a lot of expectation on him. Yep. But I think they're going to realise pretty quickly that while he can do some cool things, breaking out of stoppages and moving the ball quickly, his disposal is uh, risky at best. His disposal is not great. Yeah. He turns the ball over a lot. And I think Saints fans are going to realise it pretty quickly and kind of turn on him a little bit. And that's the only reason I've chosen him falling out of favour. I would love to see Zach Jones play with better disposal because he becomes an elite player. But yep. until he does that, no. And Dan Hanabry was like that as well. Another one that the Saints have got from Sydney. He has always been such a good player, such a good runner, but his disposal has been bad. Yeah. And 20... 14 and 20 oh no 2016 sorry he really fixed his disposal up and he was a really good player that year as all australian yeah then when he got injured in the grand final he, he regressed with his disposal all the way back and he hasn't come back from that yeah so I, th- I i think zach jones and dan hanabry are going to be very similar in that respect for the saints yeah um expected finish i've got them fourth wow i, I picked them as my smoky for the year it's a big one, and I was kind of looking at the teams who I thought could do some surprises. Yeah. And some of the teams I was pretty pretty sure uh, they'll just be around, but I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm I think I was reading a um a stat that looking at the draft versus trade ratio, you look at teams like Port Adelaide and Richmond were 100% draft zero trades. Um, Adelaide through to you know the the next teams from um uh, whatever. 16 of the teams were 50% or plus. So, yeah. Sorry, 14 teams were 60% or plus um, draft. Yeah. So, you know, some of those with good reason. But St Kilda, 8% draft, 92% trades. So mm-hmm. they're bringing in, is it for an immediate push or is it for a stabilising kind of build, to a structure to build around? Um, West Coast was about the same. They are a little bit less, but... Um, with them only having, at the moment, Jaron Geary... Running out of time here, Jason. I can, all right, I'll talk faster. <laughs> um, Jaron Geary is the only one on the injury list with the facial fractures, so that's... Yeah, but they still reckon he's up for round one. You know, that's that may be a game miss. That's not, it's not a physical... It's a physical injury, but it's not a playing injury. Yeah. Um, so with some of the names they brought in, if they can all gel, if, if they can put that team together... Um, I haven't they've s- lost a few, but also I'm, I'm just excited that... I just have a have a smoky feel about St Kilda. I have them 7 to 10 just because I think they will improve, mm. but I think we need to give them some time to gel. Yeah. 
And that is the big issue for me because new coach and so many new players, I think they need time to settle into what they want to be. And they do have a tough start to the year. They start with North, so that's a very achievable game. Yeah. But then you go Eagles, Richmond, D's and Cats. So Yeah, that's tough. That's tough, but it'll really show... Where they're at. But that again gives them, coming up after that, they've kind of... Um, yeah, it gives them a chance to... What's uh, your game to look forward to? Uh, I'm always a big fan of Pride Round. Yes. Uh, I've lost my sheet here. Round 15 against Sydney. Against Sydney. So I'm looking forward to that. But then also, like I mentioned before, they've got those couple of games that are really tough and that'll really show how their team's gelling against some of the um, the contenders. Yeah, I've got that one, the Round 15 game as well. There's the ex-player factor, but I'm more thinking about redemption from Round 23 last year. Sydney yeah. smashed them. Sydney got the glory. It was just like the perfect Swans game. And I think Saints... Um, we'll want to really like rectify that a bit because yep. they really fell away. Um, what's the headline we won't see? <laughs> St Kilda push for a home final at Moorabbin. <laughs> uh, I've got my predicted headline is is Ryder stunting the growth of Marshall. Yeah. Because that's, that's a, my big thing about yep. St Kilda this year is Rowan Marshall was brilliant last year and I called it, I'm just saying I called it in this very <laughs> thing. Um, but... With Ryder coming in, Marshall gets kicked out of the ruck a little bit, and how much does that change what Marshall's able to do? Yeah. Um, and Marshall should be the focus, not Ryder. Yeah. Anyway, let's... Thanks, Saints. We'll see you in September. Let's... No, we won't. Maybe. Just. Uh, let's talk about Sydney. I'll let you talk about Sydney. I, I had them finishing 10th. Sydney? Yep. So, I think better than last year, but it's... Um... Wrong. <laughs> you know, I think we'll put a uh, we'll put a hot meal on at the end of the year. Whoever okay, gets closest done. to um, overall done owes the other one a hot meal. All right. Um, um, so that's that's my thoughts. You know, you're looking okay on injuries. You know, uh, you lost a fair few through retirements and and whatnot. So yeah, but two of those players didn't play at all last year. So everyone's talking about this big bulk of retirements, but. Realistically, only two of them actually played games. It's not as neither of them played the whole season. Like yeah. it's not, it what it, it's not what everyone thinks it is. The nineteen nineteen, not twenty nineteen. The twenty nineteen versions of those names aren't as drastic as they might have been a few years. Prior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll start this by saying the moment it ticked into twenty twenty because I am very cool and I was at home writing stats articles. Um, so I was on Twitter and the moment it twick ticked. Ticked over to 2020. My tweet was, welcome to 2020, the year of Tom McCartan. <laughs> because I fully believe he's going to have a huge season. Um, I want to see him playing in the forward line and pushing up onto the wing. I don't want to see him into defence. And he shouldn't have to play defence, save for some drastic injuries. So he's my player to watch. Um, I think he can become really consistent and damaging this year. And with the what he's shown the past two years, the fact that he's still only 20 and the fact that he has is so strong overhead and is gaining confidence, that's been his biggest issue so far has been mm. confidence. Gaining that confidence, he's going to be a really important player this year. I'm really excited about it. Um, falling out of favour was hard for me to pick because yeah. a lot of the players that I saw as that issue have been moved on in the past two years. But I've chosen Caden Brand before he even really gets a shot because I think he um, will become just that absolute backup in case there's injuries in defence because I think Longmire will want to be playing 
Lewis Malikin ahead of him want to be playing those younger guys that are the future of the Swans rather than him. And he's just kind of a backup in kind of a shallow part of the ground for the Swans. And I think they're going to be six to nine. Mm-hmm. I think they're making finals again this year. I should add that my 10th is a either a one game or a percentage out. So it's not far off the pace. Yeah. It's just I think that there are teams who are a touch stronger or a touch yeah. more. That's fine. I'm happy for them to prove you wrong. Um, game to look forward to. Do you have one? I... Like I mentioned before, with St Kilda, the Pride Game is always something oh, yeah. that's, that's really exciting. Um, and sorry, it'll be really interesting to see the Battle of the Bridge as well. <laughs> Such a stupid name. It is. There's still time to change it. What would you change it to? Just it's Sydney against the Giants. That's all it is. No, it's not a showdown. It's not a derby. It's none of that shit. It's just a game. It's more than it, anyway. I have round two against Essendon at the SCG. Oh, it's Essendon though. Like, the Swans real. finished last year off well in front of their home crowd, as I spoke about with St Kilda earlier, and they'll no doubt want to start this season well at the, yep. at home. Um, and then the other thing is Sydney against Essendon is always a fascinating game. There's yeah. always drama involved, and that's why I've chosen this one. But realistically, every single Swans game is a game to look forward to. They are. Uh, it's also, I would say, at this current stage, mm. obviously pre-season, it's a fairly achievable first four or five rounds. Adelaide first round, mm. Essendon, Suns, Carlton, until you, then you get to the Sydney Giants game in round five. Yeah. Like, it's a very achievable start to the season. Um, but then you go, you know, Giants, Lions, Eagles... Hawks, Cats, Richmond. So, like, if you can't get your shit together in the first few rounds, We're fucked. That's you've probably got one win in those games that maybe been upset, which, you know. What's the headline we're not going to see, Jason? Um, headline we won't see is Buddy leads goal kicking or, like, Buddy Franklin is, you know. Coleman medalist. Yeah, it's – I really want to see more of him. Not, you know, like, um, thinks he needs to do more. Yeah. But – just funny, he's just such a great player to watch. I just yeah. so I would be more than happy for him to. I still want him to succeed. Not succeed. Well, he succeeded, but I still want him to like be the show many years. But is he at that point where it's like, right? I now I struggled last year to get on the park. Yeah, S- still got some time this year. Like, won't start the season. Where does he? Should that continue, where does he cut his losses and go, you know what, I can't get back to a spot where I can play, get on the park consistently. Not playing not consistent football, but consistently get on the ground. Um, and I think, suck. Nah, like, I think I he's going to be back consistently this year. After he gets over this knee, I think he's looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, my predicted headline is young swans get the job done. Because, again, very young team, but... A yeah, we lot did of those, speak about that earlier yeah, too. A lot of those players have now a season under their belt. They're really looking like they can damage games. James Rowbottom is a good example. George Hewitt is now a senior player at the Swans, yeah. really, and his impact will be huge. Um, will Gould coming into that defence, I'm really excited about because he's going to just bowl people over. Did yeah. you see that hit on DeBoer in the preseason? No, oh, I didn't. But Look it up. It's so good. Is he the one who... From South Australia. He already looks like he's about 30. I think of someone else, but there was footage of 
attack on the pre- no, that might have been Pickett. I think that was Pickett, the, the flying leap tackle in the carnival for Melbourne. Oh no, for South Australia. Oh, I don't know. I can, sorry, I thought it might have. Anyway, no. um, but that footage, whoever it was, great footage. Yeah. Um, and then there's <laughs> people like Dylan Stevens, who I think maybe take a little while to get into this mm-hmm. into the team, but will have an impact. Um, Nick Blakey, who's going to be... Oh, I hadn't even talked so about Nick Blakey. Good. He's such Blizzard. a good player. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of players, a lot of young players to really get excited about. And yeah. if you're just listening to, like, mainstream media, you probably haven't even heard of half of those people. But the young group at the Swans is one of the most exciting young groups in the comp, I think. Um, and that could just be because I go for them, but also if you watch them closely, they're very, very talented young players. I think there's, like, some parallels there with the port as well. We're talking, like, just some really excitement. Mm. But also, it does go under the radar here because yeah. Richmond, <laughs> because you know, whoever else. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to the Eagles now? Yeah, the Eagles. All right. West um, Coast Eagles. My play to watch for the Eagles is Luke Shuey. And hear me out. I know it's pretty obvious to choose a captain. Choose the captain, yeah. But I think he'll work really well with Tim Kelly in that midfield. And then they'll create a really damaging combination for the Eagles. And that's why I've chosen him. How absolutely fucked is it? It's pretty awesome. That Tim Kelly will slide into that team and will end up sometimes with the second, third, I don't think he will. I think Luke Shuey will. That's what now. I mean. Like, like he, he may get the second best, but, like, that their team has that ability that you're going to, like, you have to ration out so carefully who you're playing on these players. And so 506 levels. It's, yeah. It's exciting. It's, it's going to be great to watch. It's scary. And that's why, like, I've got them. I, I can't see them finishing the top two. I've got them as first. Mm. I just think that had, you know, they've got the wheels in motion. They've, yeah. They've picked up. Like Tim Kelly, they picked up like, oh mate, I'm just. <laughs> I have. It's um, hard to it's hard to say that West Coast will do anything other than well. Do well, yeah. That, yeah. Falling out of favour or under pressure for me, I've got Nathan Vardy. Um, so with Nick Nat healthy and Tom Hickey kind of oh, in that number Nick two healthy. position. I forget that he. Oh. Yeah. Um, I doubt we're going to see much of Vardy this year. So last year when the spot was really up for grabs because um, Nick Knapp was not fit and mm. it was between Vardy and Hickey, Vardy was the guy and then Vardy got suspended for being a dickhead and never got a chance back in the side after that. Yeah. So um, he kind of gave that spot up and Tom Hickey took it with both hands and now he's pretty much pushed Vardy to the point where yeah. I don't think we're going to see much this year save for injury. Um, I don't think he's going to win the spot back purely on performance. Um, you said you think they're finishing one. I think they're going to be top four for yep. sure. Game to look forward to? Uh, versus Collingwood. Um, I think I think had Collingwood doing very well as well this year. I've lost mm. my um, which I've got multiple tabs open in my computer at the moment. I've had Collingwood finish second. So the West Coast Collingwood like, could be really two teams who are purring. Yeah, you know who are who are. Everything's going well, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be a grand final preview, but it's definitely um, finalists. Yeah, deep into September, and um, there. Yeah, it's it's it'll be anytime you get the two teams that strong ticking along, and it's just before the bye too. It's mm. round eleven. Um, you want to see this, and then they play again. Sorry, round twenty-two. That's the one that I was yeah. particularly thinking of. Um, 
jostling. Right at the end of the season, either everything will be purring or the opposite. Yeah. If things are starting to sort of unravel and the injuries are taking it, like, yeah. that could be a really t- – ends in, in, in West Coast. Um, yeah. And also, sorry, um, uh, Geelong in round 22. So I've got Geelong and Collingwood back yeah. to back. That's Port an interesting run yeah. home. I've got round seven against Frio. I know the Western Derby is like an obvious choice, but I think with Frio probably on the improve, it'll probably be one of the better derbies we'll see for a while. Um, Because even the close one last year wasn't that good a game. So I think we're going to actually see a really genuinely good Western, close Western Derby this year. Um, And what is the headline we won't see? Ooh, I actually uh, accidentally deleted that one. Um, Headline you won't see from West Coast will be two losses in the in the derby. Yeah. Like you you they if they don't win them both, they'll at least roll one yeah. and then close the other. I don't think that um again, I think it's a bit like the Port Adelaide one where it's like you'll hear from West Coast. Yeah. when something crazy happens, but um yeah, they're definitely the one of the quality teams in the league and it's mm. hard to go past them. Um, when we get to my finals breakdown, it's, that's an interesting spot. But yeah, they they will, you know, there won't be conversations this year about the Optus Stadium where it's like, oh, they've got it the same size as the MCG and that benefit. It's like the travel, everything. They'll just have it down pat. Yeah, and they'll be. Yeah. My predicted headline: Tim Kelly proves is worth every cent. Great headline. Yeah, it'll happen, and it's going to happen in the first month, I reckon. When he finishes in the top three or four of the brown low. Yeah. Like. Or wins it. Hey, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes, yeah. but. Um, okay. Let's move on to the last team, the Western Bulldogs. of the West. <laughs> Who can't win a game either. Josh Dunkley is my player to watch. He really put his name out there with his form last year, mm-hmm. and I think now that means that this year he'll get a bit more attention, and the way he handles that will be interesting to see. Yep. Yeah. I think... Um, uh, Alex Keith moving over from Adelaide, Josh Bruce from St mm. Kilda. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be two players who I, th- I think um, Beveridge is a is a <laughs> you're rolling your eyes at me now. It's like a couple of coaches you bring up, and um, Clarkson's another one. But I, I'll just be, I'm just interested to see those two how they um, how they transition into the Bulldogs and where. They're able to, you know, Bulldogs had a really great finish to the end of the year. And I think that, you know, they're, I thought it was around like 19 or 18 where they demolished Essendon. Was mm. that like just. Yeah, where they kicked 22 consecutive goals or something. Like. That was. If you've like, got yeah. Bontempelli in your midfield, much like Cripps, but I think Bontempelli even more so, you're like, my goodness. Um, who, do you have anyone falling out of favour? I don't. I don't have a greater, um, great not across the Western Bulldogs yeah. list deeply other than the big names. But um, there was the conversation about someone like a Lin Jong. Like he's he's got a, a month or so on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, and last year there were some points where his consistency was questionable. Question. Yeah. Um, I've got Toby McLean. I think since 2016 he's really fallen away from that leading pack of yeah. dogs midfielders. Um, and I I think he might struggle to get games unless he can 
become a more versatile player and, and yeah. not necessarily need to be played on the ball to have an impact. Um, where do you think they're finishing? I've got them as seventh. Yeah, I've got them seven to ten. It's in the same way that, you know, Carlton at the end of the year had that spurt and really got people excited. Mm. Western Bulldogs had that spurt and really got people excited. I think Western Bulldogs will capitalise on that much better than Carlton will because yeah. of a bit of bit better foundation. Yeah. Um, but I see their season ending a little bit like this year where it's not deep into the finals by any means, but mm. they they play some consistently good footy, but it's not consi- <laughs> consistently good footy, but it's not consistent. It's not like every week they're going to smash teams, yeah. smash things, but... Um, what game are you looking forward to? Um, we mentioned it always against GWS. They've built a bit of a rivalry out yeah. of the finals appearances and, and whatnot. Um, I've got round five against Brisbane. So they're coming up against a young side that everyone's really envious of and I think they're going to attempt to match them because the dogs do have quite a young side as well, not yeah. as young. Um, but I think they're going to attempt to match them in that respect and yeah. I don't quite think they're going to get over the line, but it'll be a good match to watch. My other game's round two against Carlton. Yeah, and similar circumstances. Yeah, yeah. the, the Crips, Bont and Pelly, like, just put those two, like, I don't know, those those two are like such parallel figures. Yeah. Both in their lead, they're both captains now. Yeah. They're both that same sort of build, similar role. Um, influential. Influential. The hopes of the team rest upon their six foot four shoulders. Yeah. And they'll be the players in. I feel like those two guys in particular, when our kids, not our kids together, but our kids in general, the generation coming after us will be like the way we look at your Dunstals and your Lockets and. Um, buddy. Yeah, yeah, Buddy. And even to go back further, your, your Dermies. You know, look at these players who are, like, sitting in these, like... They're, remembered. They're remembered and, you know. What's... Bond's got the, the medal. Cripps hopefully will get one. Or at least at least they both get a Brownlow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They, like, yeah. a premiership and a Brownlow each, great. I've got nothing but, like, I've got nothing but time for, for Bond. And yeah. the dogs as well, I've, I've got no, like... What's the headline we won't see? <laughs> Bont and Pally loses Western Bulldogs most attractive end of year awards to Josh Bruce. <laughs> Is that an award that's given no, out? No, it's um. just they just my girlfriend was like Bont and Pally, Lisa's just like she would just take that man in a heartbeat. She's just constantly like great player, just attractive man and I'm like sweet if you want Bont and Pally, I won't <laughs> stop you pursuing pursuing him. Three predictions. What's your first one? Three predictions. I have umpires MRP to crack down on the head knocks post polypharma. Yeah. Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Yeah. That's, you know, without able to actually, because it's so tough because you can only really diagnose it after you cut someone's brain open and yeah. have a look. So I, while the AFL haven't mentioned anything too much now, I feel like it'll take one or two big hits early in the season yeah. and it'll be like, they're probably talking about it in the back room, like, mm. okay, this is serious. And obviously there's differences between AFL and NFL. But um, I think that will be referenced be a lot throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My first one. Oh, first one. Sorry, we're going back and forth. Um, 
Mine aren't as thought through as what I usually would have done. Um, my first one is it's a sad year for South Australian football. <laughs> that was 2019. I think it's going to be a sadder year this sadder year. Sadder year? Yeah. I don't think they're going to have much joy this year. Oh, boy. Unfortunately. Who do you think's going to cop it harder? I think Port will cop it harder because they should be better than they are. Yeah. Yeah. Your next one? Um, and it's something we've briefly mentioned um, crowd numbers and coronavirus. Mm. Um, we've just found out that the NBA is postponing their season. Yeah, um, indefinitely. Indefinitely. Um, so many festivals and events. And, and my take on it is, and I think we've, we've spoken about it a few times, it's not even so much... It's obviously the risk of players contaminating is a, a risk. Mm. Um, the risk of fans contaminating each other is a risk, but the biggest risk to ticketed events anywhere is the consumer confidence on going mm. to these things. Um, events that have already sold out or, or are consistently always big may be less of an issue because the people can still put them on and even if they don't come, they still know that they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and because of that, there's going to be massive. It's going to be a talking point. We will see games played in empty stadiums. Hopefully it's not round one, but a lot can happen in a week. Mm. Um I joked about it at the start about wanting to sell my round one ticket. And if it comes to that, you know, I'll sit at home and watch it. Mm. Which then the flip side of that, and this kind of goes into two and three for me, is that the AFL has, I think it's, I don't know if it's the end of 2020 or 2021, the TV rights come up for renegotiation again. Now, if we have this period of two to three months of low attendances, it means that TV rights will go up. People will watch it from home. People will watch it KO from Fox. So those will go up, yeah. which means that when the AFL then comes to renegotiate, they may be able to... They have an interesting position. Have an interesting position because will will they say, well, our numbers over this quarter have been fucking phenomenal. But then Fox or Channel 7 or Channel 10 or whoever else wants to take it will go, well, it's this, and they'll drop down. Uh, so maybe we're going to offer you less because it was an inflated artificially inflated. So I'm really interested to see how the, the rights of the TV will go in 12 months or I can't remember if it's in this yeah. year or in the next year. Um, and then the other part of that is the um, user-generated content will increase exponentially. People sitting at home, they won't be able to go to the football, they won't mm. be able to do that. So it's like, okay, I'm going to make... I want to talk about football still. I want to be involved. I'm going to make a podcast. I'm going to make a YouTube channel. There's only a handful of interesting, not interesting, it's not the right word, but decent quality YouTube content mm. channels. Um, there's some basic ones. I've been looking at this for a while. Like you compare it to, and I'm going off on a big tangent here, but um, you compare it to a lot of American sports, obviously there's more money, more time, more viewership. And I think... This is a great example of that play mm. on radio, of usage of, of, of fan generated content, um, but I think that will explode over the coming months because people still want to be a part of it and they're sitting at home and they're like, well, I can get my phone out and make a video, yeah, and and translating some of that stuff, um, and then to roll on for another part of through this is how explorations into motivation and crowd influence and being able to look at these things um, 
and whether it's a study or whether it's anecdotal studies or whether it's just breaking down, like interviewing players and, and looking through all this time, you can get some really great potential knowledge, mm. league-wise and sports-wise, out of this time, both media, both players, support staff, out of um, having no one there. And, and our, our hypothesis is footy fans, yeah. how we think the crowd influence will affect and motivation when it's just you're playing with your team like you would be out at, you know, witchy proof. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. Second division on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock and you've only got the girlfriends and the dogs there. It would be interesting to um, compare, if you did have to play in front of no one, um, interesting to compare free kick counts. And things like that. Oh, that's I hadn't thought of that one, but that's that's. I think that would be fascinating. I think not necessarily for any particular team, but just overall, maybe you'd expect to see a decline, something like that. Yeah. It'd be a good um, social experiment, anyway. Mm. Um, my other two predictions: I think Melbourne will bounce back. Kind of went through that when we mm-hmm. talked about Melbourne, but I t- yeah. truly think they'll bounce back. Um, and then I think there's going to be a focus on more focus on key forwards and their impact this year. Ooh, as I've already touched on. Young key forwards, so... Do you mean just the, the, the bigger forwards or for talls and smalls? Key forwards. Yeah. Yeah. So I talked about Tom McCartan, Nick Larkey. Um, we saw Josh Bruce has gone to the Saints, so we'll see what... Uh, to the Dogs, sorry, and see what sort of impact he can have. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Membry alongside Max King, Ben King up at the Gold Coast, like... These key forwards, I feel like we've got more young and exciting key forwards to look forward to yep. this year than we have in the past, and I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, okay, most excited to watch which team other than your own? Um, I've kind of highlighted these already. The Dogs, particularly Bons and Pelly, I'm just, just If they can get that humming, that would be great. Mm. The teams who have got to finish high, your West Coast and Collingwood's like, great. That's the standard... But um, Port Adelaide spoke about some of the young kids in there and we were sort of saying similar about Sydney is that there's a young, exciting players who are unable to play and they're given game time and, and like Blakey's another great example. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, and also obviously because I've got a bit of a, a emotional investment, I'm spending more time looking at those younger players as well. I think that's a bit of a part of it. And then Gold Coast, like if Gold Coast can... Get get going. Yeah, that's so exciting. I think a lot of people are going to be really excited to watch them. And yeah, um, I cheated and I chose Melbourne. Yeah, but I would also say Gold Coast. But I also picked Port Adelaide as my. You yeah. know, so I think we're both yeah. on the same. All right, who's your rising star? Uh, rising star, I actually rereading. I don't think any of these will win it. In hindsight. Um, as a rising star, like as I mentioned, Mitch Stewart is from Port Adelaide. Yeah. Um, Tom DeConing, he played two games at the end of 2018. Would so he be I, too old now? I don't know. I'd have to double check. Um, but that was his first season. So I think he might still be. You've okay. got to be under 21 at the start of the season. I will, um, I'll have a look at that. Under 29 and played nine games or less. So he's played. He's 90, 99, so he's 20. So yeah, he can still fit in. But. And, and the reason I say him, I think I mentioned before, is that he's like he'll fly. He just has no negative um, feelings going into. You know what I mean? I was listening to someone talk, and they're like, they don't know what can go wrong. They don't know. Yeah. Like he's had a 
two years or so of development under Cruiser, who's a fantastic ruckman when he gets going. Um, and I feel like he can really – he can probably fill in the gap of some of the uh, – your Kerno or your um, – Mackay. Mackay in that forward line, but then also pinch hit as well. Mm. Um, I've... So – and then Kaziah Pickett we kind of talked yeah. about as well. and. They probably won't win it because that's really hard to... If you're playing in a good team, you can get mm. fed more, but also if you're playing in a not-so-good team, you can shine better. Like, yeah. I, I just pick these... Also, these. the people that vote on it kind of have their favourites going into the season and just yeah, go with them. Just, um, I've chosen Matt Rowell as obvious, an obvious though. one. Matt Walsh is... Uh, Matt Rowell is an obvious one. Yeah. I just think because of he's big-bodied, he's very mature and professional... He's going to come in, hit the ground running, and mm. I just think he'll win it. Mm-hmm. Um, and who do you think is winning the Brownlow? Um, all the captains, the vote said Cripps. I think it's a really solid case for that. Um, Bont and Pally again, we've talked about them a bunch. Uh, they're probably two, probably start odds fairly, mm. fairly good. Again, it will depend on who else in Carlton does any good, because if no one else does good and it's just Cripps carrying everything, then... More likely to win. Yeah. Um, same with Bontempelli, but I think Bontempelli's got a better... Well, Dunkley's uh, there. S- I was going to say a stronger team around him. Yeah. Not team as in football club, but midfield and, and, and mid- the immediate. Um, yeah, I think they're the, sorry, the two best. And you could throw in Dusty, but I think he's won nah. everything and probably not. I went out on a limb and I chose Brody Grundy because, again... You did say that... I think he's the best player in the competition. And he's the most unique player in the competition. Mm. So whether that gets recognised or not, I still think he is crucial to everything. Um, well, we are done. No, we've got two things. We've got a couple of things to go. Oh, you've got your. We've thing. got players most exciting to watch. We didn't cover that one. I haven't got that. Oh, I thought we. Well, I had that in from last year. That was where I was going to talk about Eddie Betts for a few minutes. So oh. I was going to save it for. Um, I don't know why I wrote Gaz in players most excited to watch. I think maybe that's yours from last year. No, it's definitely not. But unless there's another Gaz that I'm thinking of. Anyway. Gary Rowan? No, it wouldn't have been Gary Rowan. But I had Marlon Pickett in there too, so it's definitely this year. Mm. Um, But I know this is – I didn't actually talk about Eddie Betts really at all in the Carlton side of things, but there's been a lot of conversation about Eddie and I think I've had a lot of conversation about Eddie and I think I'm excited to watch him because – for all the things that people have already said, his, his, his leadership both on and off the field, all of the things that make you want to enjoy football is Eddie. But the, the key thing, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because people like he didn't perform last year and didn't perform great the year before. He still kicked 30 goals, mm. or just plus or minus. Didn't perform to his own standards. It's his own standard. And him being so happy at Carlton slash leaving Adelaide... I f- so feel for him when he got when old mate Jarman got stuck into him the other day because I heard the interview where Eddie was talking. It was on Triple M, I think, or no, it was on SEN where they do their team days. You know, mm. They just talk to four or five players, um, and they asked him like every interview has been asked. Eddie, tell us about the thing, and he's basically said that wasn't the main reason he left, but it was definitely a, you know, and he, it was a fairly solid answer. I've listened to a lot of Eddie Betts over the last little while. And it was a fairly straight up and down answer that he's given a lot of times. But he, he did say, yeah, there was a part of it that that was what made me want to go, but there was a lot of things. And yeah. Jarman to jump on that and start saying, like, just suck it up. You enjoyed it. Like, 
made me very angry. Well, his response was great, though. Eddie's response. Eddie's response was impeccable. I love Eddie so much more, and there was already a lot. But I think just getting out of that South Australian space Mm -hmm. where he can just play for fun. Yeah. In front of a crowd that loves him. In front of a crowd, a footy crowd, a footy public that loves him. Um, If he kicks 30 goals this year... We'll say, say he kicks 25 goals. He will equal our... Harry Mackay kicked 26 last year and was our leading goal kicker. Yeah. If Eddie kicks 20 to 25, that wins us a few games. Yeah. Not because of Eddie's influence, but because we've got another person. So, sorry for that, Rand. I just... No, it's it, good. It, it was mostly about... To the people who's like, oh... Eddie's past it. I'm like, mm. yeah, he's definitely no, no Eddie from 2016, 2017, even to 2018. But a fresh perspective, he's already got all the Indigenous kids at Carlton under his wing. Did you see the video where he just... Yeah. It's cute. <laughs> and he's already got an active role in the women's team as well. Yeah, that's big. And like, that's culture. That's culture. I think Carlton are finally getting rid of all the rotten wood from its past. There's one at the very top they need to still get rid of. Um, do you want to quickly go through your finals okay. structure so we can wrap this one up? Great. So last year, for those who listened 12 months ago, um, I did a final series based on my ladder. And uh, I'll probably change it again in two weeks. But here's how it looks. So the ladder, just to run through it really quickly, um, top eight, West Coast, Collingwood, Richmond, St Kilda, Brisbane, Geelong, Western Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. Uh, then missing out, GWS, Sydney, Hawthorne, Fremantle, Essendon, Melbourne, Carlton, Geelong, North Melbourne and Adelaide. So finals in round one will be West Coast versus St Kilda in West Coast, Brisbane versus Port in Brisbane, Geelong, Western Bulldogs in Geelong and Collingwood, Richmond at the MCG. Um, I had uh, West Coast beating St Kilda, Brisbane beating Port at home, Geelong beating Western Bulldogs and Richmond beating Collingwood in round one. So, following the system, West Coast will play Geelong in West Coast. Collingwood will play Brisbane in Collingwood. And then they play, obviously, the winners. I think, going back, I think the St Kilda upset will be a very big upset. Probably the upset of the year. We're beating West Coast in West Coast, like, unexpectedly. This is like my Smokey. And you've yeah. got to, if you're doing this stuff, you've got to throw out a wild Smokey. So, you end up St Kilda versus Brisbane at the MCG. Yeah. St Kilda home game. Richmond Geelong in the preliminary final. Would it be the MCG? Uh, it would be because St Kilda lost the because they finished fourth. Y- yeah, but if it's a, you get shouldn't it be at Marvel Stadium? Potentially, because it's an interstate team. It is, but also, I mean, we're getting into the weeds. We're getting here to this is very this, hypothetical. This is high, very hypothetical. Talk about St Kilda and this hypothetical. Um, St Kilda Brisbane in the preliminary final and a Richmond-Geelong preliminary final. And based off that, I feel that Brisbane will beat St Kilda. I don't think the St Kilda's fairy tale can go much further than that. Uh, Richmond-Geelong, it was a tough one, but I feel like Brisbane-Geelong grand final, shout out to How Good's Footy, completely (laughs) accidental. But I haven't picked a winner out of those two. So um, I think a Brisbane-Geelong grand final isn't too far removed. And uh, place your bets now for um, for a winner. I mean, it's so <laughs> far away, but oh. it's pretty funny. What's your take on that, Gemma? How do you 
based on those... I uh, firstly object to Sydney not making a top eight. And did you have Melbourne in there as well? No. No, I didn't. I yeah. had them kind of just a little bit below I the I object finals. to both of those things. But based on those final eight teams... I feel very against a lot of this. <laughs> when we get to the bye and we do a, yeah, a recap talk. Yeah. and then we get to the end of the season, last year's one, if I quickly bring up last year's one, I um, I had a Melbourne-Collingwood grand final. I did have a Richmond-Collingwood um, in me in the finals. But, yeah, there was uh, a few. It wasn't close. It was... <laughs> It wasn't close. It wasn't close. Uh, yeah, prelim, Brisbane, West Coast, and Geelong and Bulldogs. Mm, Geelong was the only team that made it that far. Yeah. So, um... Oh, man. Kiss of death, maybe. Kiss of death. St Kilda are fuck now. St Kilda... Well, St Kilda are, Well, yeah, I did Melbourne make the grand final, but they... Anyway... Yeah. Uh, um, should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up with... I'm going to go and have a nap. I'm going to go and have a snack. Yeah. Both good things. Great things. At the um, same time, it's very tough, though. This has been the play-on preview of AFLM Season 2020. I've been Gemma Bastiani. That's been Jason Morrison. Keep listening to play-on radio. We're around all the time, Tuesdays and Fridays, for the preview and review of yep. each round. Um, keep checking out AFLW season, though, because that's starting to get it's really tight yeah. and worrying. Um, but otherwise, thanks for coming down, Jason. It's a pleasure and look forward to... Yeah, being on as the season goes on. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.